0: delete (laughs) (laughs) oh no hey you guys welcome back to the obsessed podcast it's Nick Gareth and Gia today we're doing another album review but we've also got a very special guest and her name is Jenny Kate hi guys Hi. Hey. So, <laughs> so today we are going to be reviewing the Charm Bracelet album and technically, kind of like the era tour, things around it as well. We're going to be talking about the Charm bracelet moment. So we brought Jenny Kate on <laughs> because Charm Bracelet is her favorite Mariah album. Am I right, Jenny Kate, in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. It's my number okay. number one. excellent. And she was like living through it during that era and had a moment with Mariah. So we needed her to come on to talk about this album with you guys. So let's get into it. So Jim and
1: Kate, when did you first become a lamb? I have been a lamb since the beginning. I remember debut album being a thing. I was very young at the time. So 1990, I was probably six or seven. But I do remember her being on the radio. Um, Emotions was probably more in the forefront of Really ramping it up, but um, my mom wasn't the biggest fan of Mariah. So when I was, you know, approaching her saying I hear this lady on the radio, I want all of her albums, my mom graciously said to me, "Well, why don't you just get the Unplugged album because it has a little bit of the best of everything?" Which to me was completely unacceptable. So I forced her to buy me all the albums, including Unplugged, and you know, just kind of built from there. A lot of the first time that I remember getting really hyped for something was seeing Dream Lover debut on VH1. And like, I would yell out to my mom, she's making dinner in the kitchen. I'm like, mom, the pretty lady's on TV again. She is just like, you know, comes out to look, rolls her eyes and immediately goes right back in the kitchen. So like, it's, you know, I've always loved her music, but getting into her as like, you know, an actual like artist and we're going to get into like all of the debness and all that stuff it kind of probably more in like the daydream and uh i do remember merry christmas being released and i immediately had to have that so like i i know all these moments like i've grown up with her i don't ever remember her not being an artist what is your favorite mariah carey song oh the schmaltzy forever <laughs> I, which also i recently obtained the 12 inch vinyl single for that which she immediately got framed and as she's now hanging up on the wall with all the others but yep that is my number number one the schmaltzy forever
2: bitch i am jealous of you for that one i cannot <laughs> wait to own that
1: she was expensive what is your least favorite mariah song half the rainbow album i don't know <laughs> um no honestly so is rainbow is rainbow your least favorite album then probably either that or me i am mariah
0: <laughs>
1: um i don't know like i remember being really psyched for rainbow but I, I remember heartbreaker very well and you know some of the other i can't take that away i remember when that was such a big deal too but the whole album like as a like it. To me, it's not cohesive, and a lot of the songs are very jarring on there. Like, did I do that? I hate that song; absolutely hate it.
2: That's criminal because that's one of my favorite songs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I also like probably for the longest time, my least favorite number one was My All, but that's grown on me a lot. So, like now, my least favorite number one is Thank God I Found You, the original one.
2: That's everybody's well, least God favorite.
1: Got some sense
0: knocked into you. My All is a
1: fucking classic. And thank God I found you is like... uh, 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 uh. I don't know. When I just used to hear it, I'd be like, oh, snooze. And I would pass it. But now I'm just like, you know, to appreciate everything that went behind it, like knowing all of the inspiration from the book and everything. I'm like, yeah, I like it a little bit more now.
2: So let's go back to like early... 2000 or late 2001 early 2002 uh, Mariah is just coming off uh, the glitter moment and all of that bleakness that surrounded it and I was just talking to Jenny Kate before this uh, she doesn't really remember this but us older lands will remember that back in the day there was this website called Mariah Daily and actually Lyron or Leron or however you say her name uh, she used to run that site which is a Little fact for everybody out there. And they created this petition for Mariah about a month after the Glitter era where they were asking her record label to give her a break, at least a year break. And I remember signing it. So I was always under the impression that Mariah was going to have a bit of a break between Glitter and Charm Bracelet, but Charm Bracelet kind of snuck up on us and came kind of out of nowhere. You really can't hold a workhorse down like Mariah, who's literally a workaholic, especially during that time. So I think Mariah was just ready to move past that glitter era moment into something better and to just prove herself again.
1: Well, also in between that time, you know, I I don't remember the petition, but Mariah Daly is, you know, that was everything to everyone. But during this time, her father passed away. So like she did disappear for a little bit, but she was making music in the meantime and, you know, because what you know one of the tracks on charm bracelet it was for her dad that passed so in between all that stuff that was going on so she kind of like moved away from the spotlight for a while jenny so- k did the album feel like it came out of nowhere for you too oh yeah i probably only like a plan to like go pick up the the disc at midnight <laughs> cds whatever but um yeah, that only came about, like, a couple of days before. We knew about it, like, a couple weeks before. It wasn't, like, a planned thing, like, months and months of lead-up. Like, it usually was. Because when I remember when Rainbow came out, we knew about that coming so far, so far down the pike. And then this one, we didn't know hardly at all.
2: We kind of knew it was coming because uh, Through the Rain was released in September. And I remember the Lamely being a little bit iffy about Through the Rain coming out so soon because... I I know myself. I wanted Mariah to have a little bit of a break, but there wasn't a lot of like media around it. But she did. She like Jenny Kate said, she ran away to Capri and recorded most of the album. And then when her father passed on the fourth of July in two thousand and two, she came back to America to be with him while mm-hmm. he was passing.
3: I remember reading about because I didn't know anything about the album either. Like we just had glitter and that was whatever it was. And then it just sort of like died off a little bit. And then we went into 2002 and I think it was like, it could have been March, April, May. It was like that section of 2002. And I think I read something in OK magazine and it was like a very small section. There was a picture of Mariah of how she looked like with, with the curly hair, very through the rain kind of look. And it was saying that she was working on a song um that was a bite back to eminem and then it referenced some of the lyrics, like very minimal. And it said that she was working on a new album in Capri and I thought, okay. And it was very it was kept very, very brief. And um we spent then the rest of the year, all the way up until any kind of like announced release date of Through the Rain, not knowing what was happening. So when Through the Rain was announced, I was quite excited because um And I think that was in a newspaper, like a tabloid newspaper when they were doing the music video and they were saying it was from her upcoming uh, album, which was going to be released later in the year. And I think this was already like, I don't know, September, because obviously the the news probably could have leaked in America first before it got here. So when we got it, it was just like, oh, well, that's just, you know, when it came, I remember it being kind of around the corner. So when's the album going to come? And so there wasn't, it was, again, a bit sort of like vague. And I think we got through the rain in October. I can't remember exactly, so please any UK lambs don't quote me on this. But I remember it coming, and then it was sort of like the build-up to Christmas, like not long after. Um, I mean, I was like, what, 17, 16, nearly 17 at this point. So, so. Then the album all of a sudden was announced right off the back of the single. And here it was released on the 2nd of December because um, everything got released on a Monday back then. I think now it's a Friday. But and I was so excited for this because obviously I joined the land train for Rainbow. So I was really excited. So I rushed out and got it on the same day it came out.
1: Yeah, I think I knew it was coming out and I was going to buy it anyways, just the same as I did um, with Glitter oh my gosh I made my mom stop by the the disc store on the way home that day (laughs) to buy glitter I felt so ashamed afterwards Uh, on 9-11 yeah I was like yeah (laughs) we had to stop by the record store
2: Uh, oh my gosh I know I was in the mall I was in the mall on when September 11th happened buying (laughs) glitter I had no idea it had even happened until I got home and I was literally talking to Lauren because she used to run this little uh, website on MIRC. And I was like, oh my God, I got glitter. I got glitter. And she said, that's irrelevant. And I was like, what? And she's like, turn on your <laughs> She was like, turn on your TV. And I just was like, Oh, my fucking God.
1: Well, like, at least you did it and you didn't know what was going on. I knew full well. And I was like, look, if we're going to be at home for a while, I need some some new Mariah carry right now. But yeah, so my friend, um, I knew it was I knew you know, the record was being released. And like on a whim, he was like, hey, we're going down to Tower Records. Do you want to come come with us? And I was like, what do you like? Do you even think they'll be open at that time? They're like, yeah, they do it all the time for big releases. But the problem is, is that they it wasn't a big release to them. So literally, we were the only three people there at midnight to like get the record. And I was just like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, you think that there would be more hype for Mariah Carey record, but I can see like I don't know. It felt weird at that time. I feel, I feel like that's like the first time where lambs were made to feel bad because, you know, they were showing up, it, but there weren't a lot of us to show up for. So
2: that is a really good point to make because this to explain what it was like to be a fan and between this glitter and charm mm-hmm. bracelet time, it was just very almost somber because mm-hmm. you you knew Mariah was going through it and you wanted everything to work out for her. But people just were incessantly putting her down. No matter what she did, no matter what she said, people just kept calling her crazy.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I wouldn't say it was like a shameful thing to be a lamb, you know what I mean? Because I'm not ashamed, whatever. But it's like people, they're like, oh my God, you're still a Mariah fan. Like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Like, it was kind of like something like that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It was... (sighs) It was bad. It was just like it was very. It was a sad time to be a lamb.
1: Yeah, but we we got those records and I couldn't wait to listen to it. So I popped in, you know, my CD player in the car, and I had to go right back up to school because I was still going to school like two hours away. So from midnight, I had to make it back to go to school the next day, and I like almost fell asleep at the wheel. It was awful. <laughs> Well, I had gotten the album
2: about, because the album leaked onto the internet about three weeks before its release date. So I had already had the album. I just needed the physical copy, but I did kind of the same thing that you did. And I went to Walmart and I had the employees at Walmart fish it out for me. I had to wait for like, I think like an hour for them to just find it in a box. But I was bound to determine to leave that Walmart at midnight with that Mariah Carey
1: album. Yeah. Walmart like wasn't this I mm, can't remember when did the the Walmart have the exclusive that Valentines that she did that was in the Rainbow era yeah but they, yeah Walmart's known to be bad about that cuz they couldn't find that for me when I went up there I was like I know you have it I know you do <laughs> they just before- didn't want to
2: look for it mhm
0: I just wanted to say um before we get into the actual
1: album can you tell us why it's your favorite one It's just attached to like a really important time for me. It's like the first time that I was ever out on my own. Like it was just me developing a life for myself. So it's like attached to that time for me, but like listening to the songs, like I can see and hear myself like listening to them in my car, driving to and from work because I commuted at the time and driving with my friends and driving, you know, all over the place, just listening to it in the car. It's like All the songs have a different feel and a different, like, I would listen to it if I, I would listen to this song if I were upset and I would listen to this song if I wanted to jam and I don't know, it just has like a vibe to me. Do you think that it deserves all of the hate that the lambs give it to? Do you know what I mean? no it doesn't deserve that because it's got some really good actually you know taking apart that it's my favorite it actually has some solid songs on it none of them are like really stand out but as a piece together it's like a very cohesive project for her where do you guys
2: rate it gia and gareth because to me charm bracelet is my second favorite mariah album and i kind of call it butterfly part two it's definitely a butterfly part two
3: even though it doesn't actually live up to it completely but the attempt is still there you can still see that and i think the quality in terms of songwriting and vocal layering is still there um she's not singing although some songs are still sang like quite whispery on butterfly but this is when she started doing it a lot more so i do feel Mm -hmm. that like even though it is there on charm bracelet it does become a bit too much on charm bracelet but it it still feels whenever i listen to it it still definitely feels like that sort of like not accompaniment to it or a part two but it does feel like it it's sort of their hand in hand like maybe like the lesser sibling let's say that (laughs) you know the ginger
2: sibling
0: (laughs) Uh, or
3: or you know when you you know when there's certain people that like are really good looking and they take out a wingman that's probably like not as good looking and then it's they they take them for a reason this is charm (laughs) bracelets so but it still has its good it's good character it's nice personality and the kind of charm that would probably like make sure you got home okay you know that (laughs) it has its good qualities it's got a lot of strength i just feel like we missed out and she missed out because she didn't utilize her vote and i know she was going through a lot at this time but she didn't utilize her vocal capabilities a lot more so
1: knowing what we know now after we got the memoir she brings up a a really like something that changed my mind about charm bracelet a little bit because you know when it did come out it was panned by the critics for being too whispery and being too light but if we you know if we've learned anything from the memoir it's that that she does that to comfort so during this time where she feels really vulnerable she's now lost her dad and doing all that of course you want to comfort and what what else would do that for you except you know doing your craft in a way that comforts you so like that made me change my mind about yeah it is a little whispery but in knowing what's going on with her at that point yeah I, I can appreciate it more
0: And I, Gareth, you brought up the point that, yeah, Butterfly has a lot of whispers. I would argue that most Lambs' favorite album is probably Butterfly. But then most Lambs are going to shit on Charm Bracelet for being whispery. I think that Butterfly is just as whispery, if not more whispery than charm Bracelet, Mm -hmm. and it might just be different tones or whatever but i think they are both very very whispery albums
2: not only did the the critics hate on mariah for being whispery this is the first time i really start to see lambs hating on it Mm -hmm. for her being too whispery and being like what the fuck is she doing this is literally the first time i heard people start saying Mariah lost her voice for some reason. The, the Lambs were saying that because Mariah wasn't doing her her normal belting Mariah tone. So, it got God, it was just such a weird time to be a lamb. Yeah, yeah, because
1: gonna... I mean, there was a lot of hate going on from within the lamely, and it's just like, how do you deal with that? How do you uh... even want to like be a part of it anymore? If like there's so much negativity in it too.
3: I was gonna say as well, like what you just said about um, them being. Uh, Butterfly being more whispery I do feel like she really pushes herself vocally still on like crescendo parts vo- um, uh, but chorus. she does
0: in Charm Bracelet too like but there's
3: not in the same way not in the I same don't
0: know way. what you mean by that because I really do think Butterfly is the album that started the whispering like it, there's yes. no way you can deny that
3: no you can't so... her uh, if you if you think of songs like honey and uh whenever you call the beautiful ones those vocals are absolutely insane and there isn't really anything like that on charm bracelet there's songs where she does go for it yes of course she like totally my grace, does.
0: you got me in subtle invitation way. she really i really do think that most of the beginnings of the songs on these like from what i noticed listening to the album to get ready for this was that Most songs, she really does take it to a belt at the end of it, you know?
2: She does. She does. But I want to add this point, though, too. I think that uh, Lambs were hating on it because they were embarrassed to be a Mariah Carey fan. And we did lose a lot of fake Lambs during this time. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of good that we lost the fake Lambs. But I think that people were just more embarrassed to admit that they still love Mariah Carey. And it was just their time to exit
3: yeah yeah i think i think as well because of what we were saying earlier about coming off the back of something like glitter and what not necessarily that album but what happened around that album at the time of release and she was going through some stuff herself like in terms of who she was as a person who she was as an artist emotional connections like with her father and stuff and it's like a a bit of a vicious circle that everything was going on at the same time Um, as well as her own family like we've learned with the book and You know, she could have, I don't know, could she have gone back in the studio and, like, banged out another butterfly or rainbow? Possibly, possibly not. So I think this was kind of, like, her revisiting territory that she'd already, sort of, like, been on, hence Butterfly. But instead of it being that commercial sort of like corporate whatever you want to call it, like something that the record company are going to be like, oh my God, yeah, this is going to be played everywhere. She kind of did cater to a bit of that with the sound of what we got from songs. Like if we, you know, we, that was taken over by somebody else, she did kind of like pull that in a little bit, but she kind of, she did pioneer it with this album, but she sort of went back to that sort of like territory that we already knew her for, but it kind of, it was as if she was sort of, I'm going to just make this, what I need to make right now. I'm not gonna make it in terms of a criteria of this record or that record. And I think in a way, because of that, it put her in a good place, ready for the next album that followed. Obviously we're not gonna talk about that today, but like, I do feel that this is a nice little break from all the commotion, that big buildup of like hit after hit, after hit, after hit, and then all of a sudden this so-called massive downfall, and it was a bit of a, a bad time, On, you know, from all directions. But like, I think that this is for her sake, this was an
2: album that she needed to make. You made a lot of really good points right there. I feel like to me, why Charm Bracelet is so good, in my opinion, not to everybody's opinion, but I feel like it's so good because I feel like Mariah felt like she had something that she really needed to prove with this album. Though it really didn't do as good as we wanted it to do. It is such an amazing album. And I wished that Lambs at that time appreciated it more for what it was because Charm Bracelet has been a grower album in the Lamley. It is literally that lost Mariah Carey album. It is so good. And I just wish that people would have respected it more and not gone with those early 2000 times and attacked mariah for everything it's a shame
0: it's such a shame i want to go back to the butterfly comparisons for a second i was looking through the track lists of both albums and the first thing i noticed was that every song on butterfly is a whisper song it definitely is even if it gets to a big moment it it all starts on a whisper Um, and second, the back cover of Charm Bracelet looks like the front cover of Butterfly. Let me show you.
3: There's a few pictures in the Charm Bracelet um, artwork that could have been the front cover that look
1: kind of reminiscent of some of the uh, uh, Butterfly artwork. Oh, yeah, like that that pink ensemble that she had, the satin pink one with the hair.
2: (gasps) And it has all those butterfly tones to it as well. All these photos were taken in Capri. Mariah loves herself some Capri. <laughs> well, she owns property there, now. She's got a house in Capri and her own G4. <laughs> We're
1: not oh. there yet. <laughs> yeah, let's
0: slow down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the album. Let's start getting into the album. Okay. Okay, so with Charm Bracelet, we all know that the first single was Through the Rain, and the album leads with Through the Rain. What are y'all's opinions on Through the Rain?
1: I like the remix way better, and wish that that would have been the front. But it's also, if you look at this her this album to start off with a ballad like that is not the the formula, so to speak, as what was exactly. Happening. Which I think like set the tone for the whole album, and I think that's why it also got hate because it like starts off so sleepy. But oh I think, oh my god, if you, yes! If you it would does. have put the remix. like switch that or something it would have like it's a whole other vibe
0: and i've said that on this podcast many many times i've said that so many times that the the track list should have been flipped around and that they should have made the remix the first song and then put the sadder version at the end
2: i was so disappointed that the lead track was through the rain to me through the rain is not one of my most favorite Mariah songs of all time, I would put it in like a five out of 10 for me. A lot of lambs like it, but to me, it's just meh. It's just like Jenny Kate said, It. why did you start the album off with Through the Rain? I get what you were going for with the whole Glitter Era ending and marketing-wise, why you would have done that, but gosh, why couldn't you have just had the one as a lead single yes. or boy or the our boy as a lead single like i w- it makes you wonder if the album would have done so much differently if they would have just picked a different lead single
1: well I think. from what the the rumors say from then is that the one is what she wanted and then somehow she said she
0: to- confirmed that in the
1: book too yeah and they somehow it got flipped around to where it wasn't going to be that but she i think that it would have done better or somewhat i don't even know better maybe just different it would have been received differently if that had been lead
3: i do feel that as a lead single it kind of got lost on people because at this point we'd already had like r&b mariah like in heavy r&b mariah you know and i think when she went back to having through the rain i know we'd had like can't take that away and whatnot and all those singles had happened but like it was still very hero kind of ground and it's nice okay she can still do this but like i i i'd always liked mariah from songs like without you and whatnot but then i became a fan when heartbreaker came out so for me i was always like a huge fan like when heartbreaker came out but like I was always pining for that R&B moment, whether it's just an R&B Mariah only or with a collaborating, like, hip-hop element to it. So this kind of just was like, "Mm, okay, well, the vocals are nice. I'll still still buy into it because it's a nice song, but it just, it seemed a bit sort of redundant at this part in her career, because it was just like, if this was, like, an album track, fine. If it was a second single, fine. But it needed to have that sort of, heavier um song to kind of ignite the rest of it you know what i mean Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah we needed like a fantasy or a heartbreaker lead single for this exactly i mean to me
0: And there isn't one really for the album either. No,
2: there isn't. But
3: the closest thing for me was always Irresistible, just because of the weight. It's not anything like those songs, but But it's a
0: good one. It's it's, a good one.
3: It's really. But I don't think
0: it's lead single honey material. It, It isn't
3: that, but I could still see it as sort of like a return to music as like um you know let's forget last year and let's move on kind of moment. You know, I could see that like sat in the back of a car as the rappers driving and they're just singing along the sun's beaming a lot of music videos in 2002 especially in the summer were kind of like this and i felt that if she'd have gone with that probably brought the album slightly forward we know that never happens but like if that had been the case or the single had come out in september when it's still kind of you know a little bit hot that would have been a nice sort of like lead into the album we got the album a little bit further forward instead of december and it could have been nice then through the rain could have been i don't know like november december even january february whatever like
1: yeah, well, i don't, don't think
2: through to... the rain should have been released at
1: all but then the, what other ballad could have been? i don't even think she should have put a ballad out first like I, honestly I, like I I the track listing and the only thing that i could think of because you know when when you get a feature you get like another name on there and if the name is popular enough at the time it could do something so the only ones that stick out to me that like are really really mainstream are the the song that she did with jay-z and the one with cameron and the one at cameron at the time i think was too too much on the tail of his song coming out so i don't think that that one would have done well at all it would have just vanished no pun intended
3: they were (laughs) they were they were almost identical so for it to come off the back of his it was just it was kind of strange it was really strange cuz she could use a good sample and make it her own but this felt like it was very much still his
2: song yeah yeah exactly that's how i felt about boy as well but we'll get into that next I what hope. do you <laughs> what do you guys think about the artwork for the single because to me it was it, i don't know if you guys feel the same way but anytime i look at the through the rain single cover it looks almost off like they Flip the image or something? I don't know if you guys feel that like way. Her but face it,
0: looks kind of big.
2: Yeah, her face looks so weird in it. And I'm not trying to hate on Mariah. It just looked like they did something like they flipped the image or something. And that might just me be me from knowing Mariah Carey's look by being a fan, but it just looked so weird and so different to me.
0: It's so, giving me can't take that away.
2: Hmm. It's giving it's giving me like What is going on? Like, why does she look like that? She looks like Mariah, but I don't know. There's a bit of a,
3: like, stung by a bee kind of moment in the (laughs) episode, and she doesn't look like that. So I don't get where, I didn't get this either when I saw first, because on the, I don't know if you guys got it on the single cover, but it was just her face, which was even more magnified when you've just got the face and not the body to compare to. And I was just like, this looks a little bit strange. I don't know, I just can't get my head around this, how it looks. I don't know what went wrong. I don't know what they tried to do with it, but it just, it doesn't look right.
2: There's several different uh, Through the Rain images on different singles. So this is just one of them. Because I know that you said you had the one with just the face, but there's the one with just the face. There's the one with the one where she looks weird and looks like the image is flipped there's also a promo where it's just all white like there's a lot they were really pushing through the rain when they released this single
1: yeah i remember there being a lot of like uh lamb like activity around it but i never i don't think i heard it on the radio but like once maybe twice
2: speaking of lamb activity they did do this uh competition on trl Where if you called in every day, that each day that you called in, they would give you a charm for a charm bracelet. And I actually have one, and I have it still. But they gave you this little charm bracelet, and it came in this little purple plush pouch. And it said, I can't remember what it said on the front, but it had Mariah's uh, signature on it. And I ended up getting four charms, and I thought that was really cute. But they did do a lot of promotional stuff were through the rain that's cute i do feel like
3: that would have been also cute as an addition if she'd have done a signing of the album and everybody who got came in with a who bought a copy and got her to sign it she gave out a bracelet or you got a bracelet at the at the counter when you paid or whatever if that you know if it was a proper interactive moment that would have been amazing um i don't know if they'd have put money into making enough of for people to be queuing around the corner like that. But yeah, I feel like that there was a lot going on with And I've said this quite a lot in our last few episodes, but there was a lot going on with it. But I feel like whatever was being done, it didn't seem like it was enough for some reason. And they were all pretty cute like moments like videos the money spent on videos were really they were spending a lot of money um some of the songs were quite decent yes of course we've just said they shouldn't have been released as singles in the way or the order that they were released in or different singles should have been released child bracelet things handed out um i think the single i don't know if you guys had either the same thing or an alternative version but the single artwork you could pull out and it was a poster right.
2: yeah i have that i have that and i have one with postcards there's several i with my collection i have more through the rain singles than anything else in my entire collection for real i do there's and so much of it and you don't even like it and i don't even <laughs> like it
1: <laughs> what do you guys think of the through the rain music video Sorry. it is a cute video I I like the aesthetic in the church, you know, and like with all the sunflowers and like the velvet dress and all that, that with the hair, oh, that just like, I don't know, I just that aesthetic. I don't know. It just brings back good memories of like watching the video and mm, just good times.
2: Exactly. Exactly. But the the theme of the video is supposed to portray Patricia, her mother, and she's supposed to be pregnant with baby Mariah, which doesn't, really fit into how things really went it's loosely based off her mom and yeah. she leaves she leaves wait, her where house are you be-
0: getting where are you getting the pregnant thing
2: she's pregnant and she has the baby and then what are you, you talk- know when wait
1: what are you talking about she comes this to her mom video. What Jenny K? when There's no baby in that video. Yeah, what we talk talking about? I'm running the video in my mind right now. There's no baby.
2: There's no but baby. The, <laughs> I thought at the I thought at the beginning of the video that she why she got in a fight with her mom was because uh, she's
0: with a black man.
2: Yeah. yeah, but I thought she was pregnant in the video, and no, that's why she left no. and she wanted to be with him. I could be wrong, but anyway. It goes back to um, now I'm all fucked up in my head thinking about it. Um no, no, he said,
0: I'm, I'm like you're just a child, you don't know what you believe in. I hate I you.
2: hate you. <laughs> yeah, it's a cute video when she's she's in the rain getting soaked as fuck. And then okay, I, it just I bet
1: Christopher Buckle had a field day with
0: that one.
2: <laughs> with the
0: butterfly on the on the like the butterfly keychain on the jeans. And then, like that little, um, what is it, maroon ruched top? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. cute.
2: but it's really cute how she like incorporated her father at the end with the sunflowers, and then mm-hmm. the reason I think that she was pregnant with the baby, baby Mariah, is because you see at the end of the video that okay, so Jamie Siegler plays Patricia in the video, and then she's <laughs> old, she's old Patricia at the end with her father and then it shows them turn young again while mariah is singing and that's why i thought that mariah was their child
0: well she I is think their child. she is the child but i don't i don't think pregnancy had anything to do with the video yeah, at
3: there's, all there's, there's no timeline thing of the pregnancy that's just that they get together they they run away from the parents and
0: no it's the story of patricia and arthur like Mer- patricia's mom alfred. was not having it alfred she
2: was- gia alfred alfred
0: (laughs) happy father's day mariah oh my god that's perfect
3: (laughs) um it's the getting together and then all of a sudden there's this kid singing back to them that's pretty much how it it goes and
0: then she touches the charm bracelet with the butterfly she said let me touch it at the end remember how she touches it and
1: looks at her
3: Album coming in December, guys. Um, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's got that like closed lip, like grin that makes her cheeks look bigger. I love that.
3: Yeah, it's it's a really good. I mean, I I'm not mad at any of the music videos really from this album but oh and really... her
0: hair at the end of the video in the church oh her hair is amazing in this the, era the
3: curly the curly hair i mean it's, it's like... like
0: curly but it's long and it's flowing and it's blonde she's so blonde in this era sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i just had to mention the hair it's, it's like loose
1: it... it's loose tendrils <laughs> loose tendrils darling
3: and it's like it when she's in the street as well before she gets wet by the rain of course but no, this, this hair, I mean, the thing about this whole album, and we'll probably touch on this as we go through, but like the whole, the thing with this whole album, it was kind of like it was a nod towards early Mariah. So we got a little bit of the curly hair back. Yes, it was blonde because this is how far she's come, but let's just sort of like, not look back, not necessarily reminisce, but let's hark back a little bit to a certain <laughs> moments. So we've got a little bit of butterfly throughout the album. We've got a little bit of a look. We've got a little bit of a like softer R&B moment with the rest of the album like it was still very much what we'd learnt Mariah to be and become at this point but we got rainbow and all this hip-hop like um elements of it like running through it and it's just like wow every single track you know um charm bracelet just seems to stay in one place a little bit you know and it's not Mm -hmm. as it's got some great hip-hop moments don't get me wrong but in terms of like combining the two together to flow in unison through the rest of through the album like we got with butterfly even daydream but more so butterfly and rainbow and glitter of course but like it it's just quite soft on charm bracelet
1: but you know the way that i think of charm bracelets similar to butterfly is that they're both really cohesive pieces of work Yeah. so they there is a aesthetic there's a vibe there's a clear like feeling to each one of them so that's why yeah so like they have they have something that's like you know just brings everything together so I think the kind of slower vibe more laid-back vibe but it's still giving us you know the hip-hop moments with R&B and all that that goes through this album it makes it all come together
2: it's just the ginger butterfly
3: (laughs) No, Memoirs is the Ginger Butterfly. No, (laughs) I
1: mean, that's my second favorite. No.
3: (laughs) But I love Memoirs, but it is. But That's so
0: interesting. Those are like your top two. Yeah. And to me, they're like definitely like recreations of Butterfly, I feel.
3: But as well, it does still feel like, in terms of artwork, it still looks like very much a grown-up album, but the music Mm -hmm. doesn't feel that way. That might just be me
0: do you Um, get like um, that's a good application it does give me more of like a radio disney
3: but there was one performance on mtv of through the rain it was partly live and it was the shining through the rain special or something it was called where (sighs) she she did through the rain live and when she went into the sort of pre-chorus but she changed it and i remember thinking if you'd have done this on the recording even though it would have sounded very much like hero and that kind of part of mariah's career but it still would have been a bit of a better song what did she change she sort of went deeper with the pre-chorus instead of i'm not gonna sing it but like she did that throughout the rest of the pre-chorus i don't like what three lines but she stayed like that for the three lines and then went into the chorus and it, it it sort of like bridged the gap nicely of all the whisperiness
2: See, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't like that at all. Because don't they cut out a line of it? Oh, a maybe. whole... They, I think that's the radio edit. Oh, I think that is the radio edit, because the beginning of the radio edit to Through the Rain, they cut out a whole line, and it just... It throws me off a little bit. But there is also the... I don't know, only did it live,
3: but she did that sort of, like... Um, it was the same version as the single, but then the background singers are, like, more present so it's not her back there's not really any background vocals to the recording but like the background singers were her background singers and like it's really beefed up and it's it becomes a completely like different song but we could go into another song now i just wanted to bring that up i completely forgotten about that
2: we also forgot to add that um through the rain only peaked at number 81 on the billboard hot 100
1: yeah it did not do good
2: it's the only song it's the only single from the album that charted all right, what well, is- track two on Charm Bracelet is Boy, parenthesis, I Need You. It was also her second single from the album. It features Cam Ron, and I love this song. I remember when I was younger, because I, I have a brother, I have a younger brother, and he, of course, hated Mariah Carey. So <laughs> anytime I would listen to Charm Bracelet, the only song he would allow me to play in his presence was Boy, because he liked that Cam Ron song, Oh Boy.
1: Yeah. And Cameron was very of the moment too. Cause like, I mean, you don't really hear a lot from him anymore. It was kind of one of those, it it fit at the time. And I remember the video for this was for, for boy was okay. But like her outfit at the end, I was like, oh my God, she's trying to be like 12. It's so weird. (laughs) But the boots are like, you know, the construction worker with the heel boots that were very much of like that time. Everybody wanted to have those. And so to look at like her whole ensemble, I'm like, oh boy, she's really just, this I think was a a common um, insult that was thrown around the Lamely too, is that she's just trying to be way too young and trying to keep it relevant. And I I don't know, I just, that's not my favorite look of hers, but the song itself, i'll listen to i just won't watch the video
3: i totally get what you're saying actually the the look in the beginning of the video with the straight slicked back i mean she could have done whatever with her hair her hair still looks fabulous even at that like what you've just described her hair looks amazing but like um i think if she just stuck with something along the lines of the first look of the video when she gets dressed by the little robot thing then I think that would have looked a bit more timeless because she doesn't look too young. And she, I mean, how old was she? Like 32, 33 or whatever, like at this point. But like, I think that look was still a fairly decent look that didn't put her in a particular time or an age. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: You watch the end of that video and you know that that's from like early 2000s. Yeah. But the one before, yeah, it's it's very, it it's her acting her age i don't i don't want to say that because that's like ugh, that sucks
3: it's fresh it's still fresh but it doesn't it doesn't look like anyone's trying too hard or anything like yes. that it, it's still fresh and i think if, if she'd have maintained not necessarily that look throughout the whole video but like something similar like throughout the whole video like it would have been quite cute you know yeah it has a very sort of like japanese kind of like vibe throughout
2: yes but what do you feel about the song do you like the song i love the song
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I'll play the song. Like I said, I'll play the song all the time. Like, you know, I don't I will skip the first track when I listen <laughs> when I listen to the album, <laughs> but I will not skip this track. But I just if I'm going to listen to I just won't put on the video. That's all.
2: yeah, I never go back and watch the video at all. But I'm not a really like a video watcher.
0: I think the video looks a little cheap, especially the when Bianca comes in and her hair looks a mess like but other than that yeah yeah, i think i think the video's got some cute looks i think that i love those orange boot heels that (sighs) the robot ties up and i love the like cultural appropriation moment i'm living for it with like the chinese bangs with the bun up and the yeah um no i'm just kidding i don't love the cultural appropriation but i i think it's a cute video it's
3: I think I think with with the heavy the heaviness of the CGI and how it's kind of almost looking cartoon like, yeah. It does cheapen it. I know that sounds horrible, but like especially after the video we just got at this point and what we were used to, like this is just like oh okay. Like it's Well yeah, cute, but well, only
0: in <laughs> certain certain scenes though. Like some scenes are really good and high quality, but just like the race car moments
3: look cheap to me. And the Godzilla
0: oh
2: yeah <laughs> the Godzilla <concealer laughs> moment i tried
3: like
0: i tried, I tried hard fight. to forget about that part
2: <laughs> joseph Kahn did this video was this his first mariah video oh i think i think so but i'm
3: not 100 percent and
0: also part of this video was supposed to be for the one
3: in the street yeah right or, or, but they didn't have the right permit so they had to well I don't know what happened between the one and, and boy, but like they had to quickly make a, a brand new video. I don't know if then we were gonna get this kind of a video for the one. If anybody else knows, then please chime in. But like I'm not quite sure between the one and the boy when it when the what bits were for the one apart from the street version, but then like were we were gonna get the animated. Did it then become the boy because of that? I don't know, but it's yeah, it's just like I don't even know how it would work as the one really. But if you
1: remember up. the the CD single or the single covers for the one and boy are the same. Yeah, they
2: were yeah. they were kind of released as a double single. That this is where the one kind of got lost in everything. It yeah, it's been a double A side. There was a um Well,
0: it could have been with all those amazing remixes. I love the remixes right. of the one or the boy I need you and the one
2: Oh, I hate the remixes to Boy. I think they're terrible.
3: Not even the street one with Cameron and Jules Santana. That's the best one. I hate it so much.
1: There's some good remixes. I feel bad. The one has the best remix, though. The one is the best.
0: The one is the best remix. Literally one of my most played Mariah songs. It should have made the album. Said it so many times. And also, if she was trying to break up some of that whisperiness. If she would have switched through the rain and put the one on the album, I don't think the album would have had such a whispery feel. Like, or at least it wouldn't have like appeared that way on the surface. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I don't have much more to say about boy. If y'all have anything else to say about it. We, we can kinda move on like to
1: th- leaked into the one. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, going into the one, to me, the one is one of Mariah's best songs ever. It it has like that. I'm not comparing it to this song, but it has like that hidden gem feel like underneath the stars and breakdown, almost like a fan favorite. It's just an amazing song to me. And I wish that Island and Monarch would have pushed this as a single because I think it would have done really well.
1: Remix would have. (laughs) I was just going to say, Gia's going to be so proud of me for this because like when I you know sitting here i'm trying to like hear the one in my head and the only one i can hear is the remix literally i agree i don't like the
0: album version
2: i never listen to the remix version never well i
0: mean i i like it but it's it that's one of the songs that sounds too whispery to me
2: i love me some whisper raya though
0: well Well, it's very soothing i mean i like it but guys this album is long okay? This album is very, very It is
1: over an hour, thank you. This album is long,
0: and (laughs) it's a lot of whispering, and I just feel that the one remix gives me everything, like everything you just described about the one, like, oh, this is like a hidden gem in Mariah's catalog. That's how I feel about the remix, because it just gives me Like that feeling I had when I heard like the honey deaf club mix radio edit the first time or like the dream lover club mix edit the first time or like when I found slipping away, you know, or there goes my heart. Like it just has that special thing that's like this could have been a fucking number one and it's undiscovered like it's literally a hidden treasure at the bottom of the ocean i just don't feel the same way about the original song i actually used to play it to death i used to be obsessed with the whole album charm bracelet it's one of the first mariah albums i bought but ever since i found the remix it's the superior version for me
3: i think with the one the album version i think that could have been used as even though it doesn't sound very remix-esque, but I think if she'd have put the, the the remix we got as a remix as the album version, and then used the, what we got as the album version, as sort of like a separate version, maybe have like the same rapper, but do something a little bit different, then it could have been a cute little remix just on the side, and then we would have had the one as that, because that was very much of the, I know the album, I'm, getting tangled up here but the album version was very much of the time but the remix hits a lot better it's still very much of the time but it still is
0: a lot more credible i think the remix is timeless like i think that i think that the original sounds trapped in 2002 or three or whatever to me the remix the remix sounds way less dated
3: but you could listen to the remix now and it would i'm not saying it would have made the same kind of like sales, but like I feel that if it had have been successful as a lead single or as a single or whatever, you know when you listen to Dilemma, I mean I don't know you guys, but whenever I hear Dilemma like, oh my God. But when it gets into it, it's kind of nice to hear it. Like I can hear it again. Even though it was overplayed back then. And I feel Is like Is it
0: the Kelly Rowland song? Yeah. Yeah, I'm- with Nelly. If the one was a single, the lead, whatever, the remix would have been more in the forefront anyway. So I'm more like, hey, this should have been a single than like it should have been on the album because either way, if it was a single, we would have the remix more accessible anyway. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, but I'm just thinking it would have been in terms of what I was saying, regardless of whether it's considered timeless or not, like you could put this song away as a single and still hear it on the radio now and you could be like, oh my God, you know what I mean? You could still feel like the waves of nostalgia and still want to hear it. That's what I was trying to say
0: earlier. I didn't hear the remix till, like, Until like, I know track. it was on the I it was on the remix album, but that's blocked in my country. So I haven't been able to, like, hear it till, like, MC30.
2: Well, technically, they did release the one as a single because I do have a radio promo of it. It just was never pushed. Is that on there? The
3: remix is on there?
2: No, there's no remix on there. There's some call-out hooks for, like, which are, like, clips of, Uh, the song to play over things there's an instrumental of the one and then there's a radio edit of the one yeah i can't remember what they sound like i really never listen to my cds but i imagine the radio doesn't have the
3: one do i really want to trust this feeling (laughs) too
2: i think there's a no rap version on my my uh my radio (laughs) oh the beginning
3: does the one
0: does the one have a rap
3: yeah, it's the bit. Oh, you don't want to get hurt again. It's at the beginning. What?
2: She uh, oh, oh, I know what they do. They cut out the now, MC baby, tell them what we're talking yeah. about.
3: Oh, he's he's like rambling on for like quite a bit at the beginning before she comes in. Yeah, and he says that bit quite a lot.
2: But that's typical Jay Z hollering over a trap. Yeah, to not have
0: JD. A JD. Oh yeah, you said JD. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a shame it never got what it deserved remix or not i think i i think it's really crazy that you guys think the remix is better than the original but to each their i own. don't know
0: i don't know why you don't think
2: that
3: but that's okay not to i mean i i totally get it because in a way it kind of flows nicer with the rest of the album and if you'd have got the one remix as the one on the album it would have stood out but like
1: yeah
3: i don't know if it had been the lead single probably wouldn't have stood out that
0: well much. i think that- it would be okay for a song to stick out. Like, I get where Jenny Kate's coming from. This is a very cohesive moment. But in doing so, a lot of these songs are bleeding together for me when I listen to it. So I think it would have been okay to have one song be a little different.
2: You know what we need to talk about? What, baby? The Shining Through the Rain performance of the one with those iconic whistles. That (sighs) performance has become really iconic in the lamely
1: well yeah because the the whistle notes were live which you know after all the the whisper tones that everybody thought she lost her voice and to like be like pow right in your face like i can still do this i still got it
2: she was like bitch i'm
3: still here i found a lot of the performances on shining oh to be fair i've had a lot of live performances through this whole era better than the album when she performed the tracks from the album but i I agree gareth completely agree because I, I, I'd heard the album, I was just like, oh, okay, this is what we're getting now. And I kind of got used to it. Obviously, as soon as I heard it, my favorite tracks were obviously Lullaby and um, Irresistible. I just thought, okay, this is what we're doing. And so, because we got elements of it, but not as much as this. So as soon as she did the Shining Through the Rain, I just thought, mm, well, why didn't she sing like this on the album? You know
0: especially and, I'm thinking that during the tour as well but we we will get into that yeah
3: we haven't got the tour just yet but like um the performances even when she pulled out heartbreaker as well that Heartbreaker performance is really good um
0: and and also but all of the my saving grace performances were so uh, phenomenal and then she added the extra whistle notes I just literally loved it love all of those performances Jesus is the answer <laughs> <laughs>
2: I said all I've wanted to say I just thought y'all would think it was more iconic
0: I said I used to listen to it a lot I loved it I overplayed it but when the remix came out I just really fell in love with that one more I think lyrically it's a masterpiece I think it's phenomenal but when I think of the album version I think it's more lyrically impressive to me than the vocal delivery which is why when the remix happens I'm like oh oh Boom boom boom, boom 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 Hey, oh, I finally found somebody that could the world. Yeah, oh, no, uh, 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 uh. like I'm just feeling it, morbid. Oh
3: my
2: god, I thought she was here on the podcast for a second.
0: <laughs> I know, like who is she? I don't even know her.
2: All right, let's move on to yours, track four. <laughs>
0: okay nick you got
2: have <laughs> uh yours what i remember most about yours is when the album first leaked or when it was released whenever people heard this album first i remember this being a lamb favorite i've never really loved yours it's okay to me it's meh but yeah that's how i feel about yours
0: well then that's funny to me that you think so highly of the one yet yours is like meh because
2: the one the one over yours all day long period
0: the remix yeah girl but um i think yours is yours is like the joyride of the album
3: yes yes or it's a bit similar to um i wish she knew as well in certain parts so joyride and i wish she knew it's kind of like both of those but i think i think in a way like up to this point we got all these songs like what three songs so far that were like quite whispery and whatnot and quite on the higher end of like her you know her vocal talents but like this was like quite deep so like, Turn the lows, what you're giving me, so it's all, <laughs> a...
0: and I love that so much.
3: It's nice, and it's still a bit breathy, even though it's deep. It is nice, but then it goes straight into like it's it is nice, but like the second chorus, really, when you hear the like underneath the and it's very subtle but you hit a bit more of a kick in the like percussion and it's like oh, okay this is quite nice so it does it does deliver something but it just it doesn't hit the mark on what it could and I still believe to this day that the Justin Timberlake alleged duet slash remix could have been a better album fit especially if we had the one remix on there
2: that would have been a good lead single because Justin Timberlake during this time was everything. He was the biggest thing. I really want to hear that. Like I, I I would probably love yours if I heard the Justin Timberlake version. What do you think about yours, Jenny? Kate?
1: I was just gonna say it's always felt like it's been missing something. Like it's a good song, and when she gets towards the end and she does her little ad libs, you know, and gets out of the breathy moment, and you know, just kind of elevates the end of the song. It's nice, top to bottom. But I always felt like it was missing something. And then when we found out that there was, you know, a an another version that had Justin on I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's what it is. Because from what I think the rumor was was that they did it together and then something was wrong with the release, like they couldn't get it signed off on. So she had to redo everything all all of his parts. Herself. I which wonder that's...
0: if his label was like she's box office poison right now. Exactly. No. You know what I mean.
2: Exactly. I could hear him singing the "everything that you do so amazing" part. I could hear mm-hmm. him, and doing then that. her
0: being like the "so amazing." <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. I can hear that in my head. Well, allegedly,
3: this is all alleged. He apparently it was advised that he shouldn't put this out. And it was sort of like put on the back burner. Apparently this was from the record company. Um, So it was put on the back burner, but yeah, I, I there's certain parts that you hear, even in this version on the album, like you, even with the percussion, you can hear how it could have been elevated with Justin Timberlake on the song. Some of his background vocals on his album, Justified, you could, like you just said, you can hear it on certain parts of this song, how it would beef it up and how they would work really well together, even if they're harmonising together as well, because, you know, obviously we all know that Mariah Carey loves to do her own background vocals, so it would sound absolutely amazing, like so much layering going on. So yeah i don't know why they couldn't just agree that it it's stay an album track i mean it, if if we hear it then we probably would have be like should have been a single but of course we will probably if it's good and decent enough but like if that's the case if people need to hear it which i think it's a safe bet considering the time of when it was made probably people do need to hear it and i think if someone Whoever should have settled for it just being an album track if that was the, the last resort. But I have a feeling that that probably wasn't even on the table. I think it was just like, nope, because of everything that was going on. But like, I think an album track could have been cute. Maybe
2: one day we'll get it. We didn't Rarity. get it with MC30. We thought we were going to get it with MC30. Say, if Rarity.
0: we didn't get it with MC30, I don't think we're getting it.
1: Well, ha- how has she still like thrown around the idea of rarities too? No. She did once
3: once but i feel like that was a throwaway i think you know she says these things i think it was just a sort of like oh well, you know maybe and i I don't think it's like even in her
1: oh like we an album this year is that like kind of like that yeah
2: (laughs) all right uh moving on to track five you got me this is one of my least favorite tracks on the album what i know i'm sorry i love
3: this song (laughs) i love this song this kind of not single worthy if it was done slightly differently maybe i don't know there's something about it that does feel like a lost opportunity for a single but it just isn't quite there so i it still sits album track for me but then you get the second verse where we get proper mariah vocals on the second verse so it breaks it up a bit more so i think it's that that makes me feel like it could have been a single and the jay-z part
1: so the chipmunk recording of that, like, you got me, like when it does that, that's her. Yeah. She keeps doing that. Have you heard, have you heard it slowed down? No. It's that's amazing. Beautiful.
0: And it sounds so beautiful. And I think that if they had done it, like a slower version of the song, maybe had like a remix of it where they didn't have it chipmunked and then they yeah. slowed the song down. I think it would have been really beautiful because i've listened to the original vocals of it and it is fucking beautiful and i'm just like whoa this could have been its own different song
2: have y'all heard the extended version of it on freeway's album
0: i've not heard it
2: it is a decent
3: version the only difference really from the mariah album version and the uh, freeway album version is that there's a record a repeated refrain, and i think it comes in after jay-z's part it still does but then it comes in again somewhere else later on i can't remember where but it comes in later on at some other point in the song so it's there twice basically
2: uh i can't remember to be honest with you uh, because again i just this is one of those i wouldn't say i always skip it but Two out of three times, I usually skip this song. Jay Z was a last minute addition to this. She was she recorded, of course, she recorded this in Capri, and Jay Z was out there vacationing, and he came up to the studio to visit her, and he said, "Hey, I need to jump on this track," and then that's how he ended up on the track.
1: I will I will say of like the five tracks that we've gone now, the only one that I would skip so far is just through the rain. I will start at boy and then go all the way. So this isn't a skip for me, but it's not like this. I wouldn't say it's the strongest of the songs on the album, but I like the vibe of it because of the hip hop element of it. But it's also I think
0: this is one of the stronger songs on the album.
1: Mm.
0: Like what other song is giving like out of all the songs, this is the closest one that's giving me that like heartbreaker honey moment. And I don't really get that from anything
1: else. Well, this song also, you know, puts you in this like vibe, but then it only drops you off to have, be in like depressed mode for like a little bit in the middle of the the whole album. That's
0: true too. Yeah. I like the,
3: I do, I do like the fact that we got a Jay-Z moment again. And I do yeah. like the fact that there's two rappers on this song that kind of makes it proper like ah, okay we're getting more mariah okay she's coming through a bit more here because we've got cameron and here's the next one you know it's not it kind of does something that makes me forget about the whispering at this point
0: yes it's the big ending with the said i'm insecure when i'm around you don't know what to say or to do i yeah. love that part i love that
3: but i think it's also because we've got rappers as well to break it up and, and it it helps the fact the contrast between her voice even on a on Heartbreaker or whatever it is that she's done in the past. But it's very much like, it makes you remember those moments of her, not necessarily a specific song, but it makes you remember those moments. And the contrast between the voices, it sort of helps you sort of like, become a bit more numb to the, uh, to too much whispering, basically.
1: No, I like, I like this song uh, to like, you know, in the flow of the album, because it kind of like puts you up a little bit before it drops you for the next like several songs. But then it like yeah. picks back on the other side, but on the west side. haha. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you like the album, Jenny Kay, but like if this song, if you had it on shuffle, let's say, like while you're working out, you're not going to you're not going
1: to skip this song or would you? Nope i would listen to this there are several others that i would skip from from this album but that one i i'd play for sure yeah
3: because a lot of the songs are still quite very much mid-tempo so i I just wondered Um, i
0: think this is one of the better songs on the album so nick i don't know
1: where you're getting this from
2: yeah but you also don't like bringing on the heartbreak so yeah
1: oh no we'll get there
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right well then let's go into track six uh One of Gia's favorites, My All Part 3, I Only (laughs) Wanted, with the water drop.
1: With the water drop. I skip this every time. I hate this song so much. Why? Why?
2: Why? Wow. We are not vibing on this album at
1: all. So when she starts to go into the big crescendo, like around the bridge, the quality, if you just listen to it, the quality of the song and the recording just goes to shit. Is it giving you in the kitchen? It sounds like it was recorded in someone's basement kitchen. Like, you know, like you're in a fucking, um, Um, what do you call it? bomb shelter or something because it's so staticky and the quality is just gross i'm like who thought this was okay to put on here
3: this is what i mean by how when she goes somewhere on this album for the crescendo moments it doesn't hit the same and i don't know what it is but they just don't her voice is still going somewhere but it just doesn't sound as powerful as what we are used to and i feel like that's where these Comments come when critics have said she's, I mean, she's not lost her voice. She's singing differently. But this element that you've just described, Jenny K, is perfect because this is what is helping to what these people are saying, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the vocal when she does the, the, you know, the big part. But it's just the recording of it is Terrible. It's like I, if I were a record executive, I wouldn't want to put that on my on my album that I'm releasing because it just sounds bad. It's crackly and crinkly in the background, and it sounds like really. It sounds like a VHS would look. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just I can't get over. It sounds like a VHS would look. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> to me, I
0: just can't get over that fucking water droplet. Like yeah, I, I love I love the entire song except the water droplet all throughout it, and. It's just, like, it's it's ever-present, and it's so annoying to me. But other than that, I love the song. It's a masterpiece.
2: The Water Droplet is a little bit weird, but it's it's kind of bothered me a little bit because it's so, like, manufactured sound is the best way I can put Mm -hmm. it. But here's a fun fact about uh, this song, though, is the waves in the song, you know, the wave noises yeah those are actually the waves of capri oh
1: <laughs>
2: sorry i tried to bring some, a little bit of positivity to this song
1: it doesn't
0: help me <laughs> she said it's not doing it for me
3: <laughs> recorded from the kitchen though
1: <laughs> yeah she like waves. You know, out the kitchen window tore out through the kitchen window
3: <laughs> no um i love the song obviously i don't it's not up there with the rest i'll let it play i will let it play but i totally get the vhs in the kitchen vocals mm-hmm. on the crescendo I well do... it's not
1: the vocals don't get me wrong it's not no, the vocals it's, it's the quiet.
3: recording it's, it's like up there with after tonight where you hear the distortion on the keychain yeah
0: after
1: tonight. yeah
3: um but it but and after tonight it definitely sounds like it's something to do with the recording. Someone didn't turn it down to to get <laughs> the vocal right. Someone's left this as it is. And it's just like, okay. And um, there used to be quite a lot of echo, like reverb, kind of like, I don't even know what kind of reverb, but some kind of reverb on her voice for those moments, even for the, like the, the, the lesser moments where she's just singing a verse, let's say. And it could have been a mic. It could have just been a microphone they used, but it could have been actual reverb they added. But, like, there's nothing... They could have added a little bit of reverb to this to make it a little bit more, like, um, resonant in the song. I do feel that with that water droplet, fine, it's there, it is there, it's nice, you hear the waves, whatever, it's there. And it could have been very nicely replaced with a little bit of extra sort of, like, instrumentation from that guitar. And it didn't need to be too much, like... If you, if you listen to the Always Be My Baby guitar, the intro, that's iconic. And obviously we get all the other stuff that like that eventually comes in. But like that instrumentation alone, as soon as you hear that, iconic. My All, the beginning of that, when you hear the guitar, iconic. We could have had something like that a little bit more running through the song. It's said, you know, and it's like it's that on loop.
0: Wait, what? The I Only Wanted?
3: in? Yeah. And I think we could have had. It's like don't don't
0: little, do, don't water drop. Don't 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 water drop.
3: I feel like there da, could have been da,
1: da, Water drop.
3: <laughs> there could have been something in that to to compensate for the water drop. But
1: what? Why do we need the water drop? Like, it are was, these supposed to be tears? Uh, possibly. <laughs> I think it's supposed <sighs> to be her
0: walking along the ocean crying, and then the. Waves are crashing, and then the tears hitting the water. Ugh. That's what I, I think... get. That's what I Whatever. get from it. But I'm like, why am I thinking so hard about the fucking water? Like that's how <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel know, about I it. Don't
3: know. <laughs> I didn't think that much.
0: No, How's I mean, it- but like, it, uh, that's not what I mean, Gareth. I mean, the water is so much in the song that I'm thinking about it, and I don't want to fucking think about water. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's I so much. The water,
2: uh, 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 I think that uh, the water uh. is in there to tie it all together with My All. And what's My All part two? Um, after Tonight. After tonight. I think See? It's all They're there. all
1: forgettable. I,
2: I, I think that the water droplet and the water sounds are just to tie it in with those two songs.
3: But the water drops don't need to do that. The waves,
2: yes. The water drops, no. What,
0: when do we get those on My All or After Tonight?
2: no it means we don't get it, get it in water. my all we don't get it in my all we get it in the my all video yeah. yeah
3: this water droplet like on a <laughs> lot of r&b albums there was always and i'm not saying that i only wanted as a no
0: you're it's true because Day has it lots on, of people
3: around this a lot time, of
0: people have it a lot yeah. of people do it
3: there's always like one song and it's probably it's probably not even a single i don't think there's any like big songs that have this but like There's always like an album track that's probably like the latter part of an album, let's say, where they have this. And it was done a lot around this time. Don't know why. It just seemed to be a thing. And some songs it's nice, but I didn't really get it. I do love I Only Wanted and I will listen to it. And I'll probably like try and sing along as if I sound like her to it. But I think it's just that water drop that makes it that eh, for me.
1: All right, so let's move on to track number seven. So I actually, I won't skip this song if I'm, watch, if I'm listening to the whole album, but it's definitely not my favorite, even though it insults someone very deeply and I love it.
2: Yeah. Y'all, we're talking about Clown for, for, those of who, <laughs> for those of you who do not know what track seven is. But Clown, how, do you, how can you not like Clown? This is one of the best tracks on the album.
1: Lyrically I think it's better than obsessed as well. Yeah. Same. Lyrically I like it. I just don't like the the down because like I said, this is where the album goes into a hole.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's too I don't know if it's too simplistic, but it's also like it's too slow. But I do love the lyrics and the insults. I love that.
2: You love wanna that. know what I wanna know? She says at the very end of the song, uh, I'll keep your little secret though. I want to know what Eminem's little secret I, is. I, I, think have I, a think theory, I, I think I know. I think I know
0: what the secret is.
2: Is it that he has a small dick? And that he ejaculates <laughs> early. I yes.
0: think that he <laughs> nutted on her belly prematurely.
3: Yeah, I think it's that. <laughs>
0: I don't, yeah,
1: I don't think that that's a secret
0: anymore, thanks to Debrat. Yeah, no, but I, <laughs> I mean, he kind of let out the secret on his own song. So, in my opinion,
3: I think it's something to do with like possibly the size, but more so his, uh, what's the word,
2: stamina. So it's, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but this song was a retaliation to his song, Superman, right? Yes.
0: yes. I think it was a retaliation to a couple songs, wasn't it?
3: I don't think it was at this point. I think Obsessed was more so oh okay this was okay yeah
0: yeah, so then it was superman which mariah if you don't know mariah was supposed to be on the song superman and she actually recorded vocals for the song with eminem and i guess their fallout little thing happened and then things happened of course
2: jenny kate do you remember during this time on mariah daily them posting stuff about eminem going on dates and stuff i remember that clearly
1: no i don't remember that Crazy. if it wasn't on the message boards see i would go into i started going on to mariah daily to like ke- keep up with the tour stuff and so anything like prior to the tour for this i didn't go on to mariah daily oh
2: wow also- i it was my homepage.
1: Well, the only reason why I would go on there is because there were updates to like the, the show, the, not the track listing of a show, Jesus Christ. They did the, that, the set list, the set list would be posted on there and they would be updated based on like updates for other places. So that's when I started going on there.
3: Didn't they, didn't she have like um, on the website? I think it was as soon as you type in the website address, it came up with it. And it was that picture of her all in black with the curly hair holding a sunflower against the same stone wall. And there was like a list of songs
2: for you to pick which song she performs on the tour she did let you pick songs for her on the tour I don't remember this though but I do remember doing something of that nature to have you pick songs for the So
1: she had in each location she had i and i don't remember if it was through the message boards or somewhere else but the fans voted on like there was like three or four options and the fans voted on which one of those options that they wanted to hear i cannot remember which one they voted for when she showed up in maryland i honestly can't remember but it was only i don't even think it was a full song i think it was like either a chorus and like the bridge part of it or just like you know, just one, one small piece of it. It wasn't the full song that she sang, but they got to choose it. And that's what the whole thing was.
2: Do you remember on the tour when she sang clown though?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. The gold dress. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole entire set list because they had those like puppets and it was almost like circusy almost if I remember right. Yep, It It was so cute. I loved it so much.
1: And it was a chance for her to sit down and sing, like she didn't need to be dancing and doing all the things and it was easy.
3: I feel like as well at this point, like she was probably the one of the first people to actually do the whole like circus thing. Like a lot of people started a couple of years after doing like circus stuff all the time and it was like completely saturated. I do feel like she was the first one to start this.
2: Gia, didn't you not realize that she said Marionette show in this song? Didn't we talk about that earlier?
0: Yeah, we talked about that in one of the episodes. Um, I don't remember which one, but yeah, I recently Same. remember learning about that. And I was like, oh, that's why there was clowns like, and pet puppetry on the tour. And you were like, oh, my fucking God, Gia, come on. <laughs>
3: There were certain elements as well that I didn't know. And I'd listen I'd listen to this whole well, album. Well, because
0: like this song is like one of the whisperiest songs on the album. I will say the yep. vocal climax of it is amazing. And I love it. It's like vocal suicide. But this, it, it, this one, she's speaking so fast in this song. And it's such a whispery moment that this is one of the ones where I'm like, oh, let me grab the booklet. It's going so fast that it's very hard for me to keep up with
2: but that's the best part of the song when she, when she's singing, but I guess you wouldn't know. That's the way I roll. Cassiculey goes a little, little, and little boy's eyes. All of a sudden little woman cries, cries, cries. And then she says, boo, hoo, hoo. That's the best part.
1: I like the ad libs at the end where she, when, you know, the marionette show does come in like those ad libs over the speed singing in the background or it's kind of really nice and the layering of that is is amazing but all of the lyrics because they're so meticulous I would say they're just that's what makes the insult even better
3: right and that bit that you just explained towards the end it's kind of like that's the message like just so you know and it's almost as if she's like yeah the song the song's coming to a close now but she's like she's talking to him
1: yeah and then at the end there's the
2: yeah (laughs) and you know that i know you're no superhero
1: damn i'm
0: gonna have to go listen to this song again after we're done because i fucking love this one it's probably like it's not the one that i go and listen to off the album the most but when i think of like the album charm bracelet this is like
1: in my top three of the favorites
2: Definitely, definitely in my top three.
1: As soon as we get out of the um the hole that we're in in the middle of this album, that's when we'll start getting into my favorites. <laughs> is
0: it same, those same.
1: Row, is it those three songs in a row that are like the best three songs? It's like nine through twelve, because twelve is like my favorite favorite from the album. But it's like once you start in and from you had your chance. It's like what memoirs does where it just like flows from hate you all the way through standing oh like your teeth going through it and it just flows really well so from you had your chance all the way through to subtle invitation like that four block right there is is perfect
2: yeah yeah we haven't even gotten to my favorite part of the album yet either so i guess we kind of relate on this album
0: well that w- <laughs> that's my favorite part of the album to have sex to but it's not my favorite part of the album
2: i can't imagine having sex to through the rain not I through just the can't. rain
0: What are you talking about? I'm just saying
2: to like, to Charmbrace in general.
0: What are those three sexy songs that are fun to have sex to?
2: We'll get to them. Okay. (laughs) This is a good segue into the next track, which is totally not a sex song.
1: I hope not. (laughs) Well, then it's not the one I'm talking about. We need to go to church for the next song.
2: Yes. (laughs) Of course, we're talking about My Saving grace.
1: Which was, I think, their original Fly Like a Bird. Yes. It's like the pre, you know, like how we get a prequel. This is the prequel to Fly Like a Bird.
2: But just not as good. It's the ginger Fly Like a Bird. But <laughs> it's, it's- a good. It's a good. I'd call
3: I it a, like my favorite grade
0: it, better than Fly Like a Bird.
3: I'd call it the intro. Let's call it the intro. It's not. It's not the ginger one. Because
2: nobody. It's, wants that's them. a good. That's a good way to put it. The intro, yeah. and I remember when this was released, when this album was released, that this was another lamb favorite. But lambs oh. always love those belty songs from Mariah. It's not they my also- favorite off the album, but it's it's a good song. I
1: love also- it. Inspirational songs. Yeah, I feel like this is like the
0: through the rain, but done well on the album.
3: That's a yeah That's a good way of looking at it. It's very lovely vocally. It's a very nice build. It, it kind of makes me forget about all again, like with "You Got Me." It kind of makes me forget about all the whisperiness with it. But I, I, like, I can listen to this album from start to finish and enjoy every single second. But I do, I do sort of remember the whole like whispery thing of it. But this makes me forget about it, and I do think it's it's a nice moment. I don't feel like we have had this kind of It's not intense, but like this this level this level of intensity of. A gospel moment from her, really. Have we? Or have we?
0: Uh, Well, I think that this is the most forwardly Jesus. Like, Lord, my saving grace is you. Like, yes, make it happen is like you can do what you want, pray on your knees, make it happen. But this is like very, very like, I am, oh, it's Sunday morning. I got to put on my Sunday best. I got to drive down to Detroit to the Black church and I got to perform tonight. and yeah this is like this is a very very like oh okay jesus you know like whereas um make it happen is still like yes jesus but it's not as in your face like religious to me this is like religious
2: make it so this is the is this the og jesus song
1: i think so but i liken it to like make it happen is like the sister act you know what i mean and like this Mm. is actually like the choir
3: yeah, make it happen's more like I could do anything with you by my side, whereas it's just
2: like I'm glad I have you in my life. You're everything to me.
3: But yeah, she did, I,
0: like the, she like, did um, I
2: pray though before this, but it was never released, right? Or no, did she no, do no, I, I pray? pray, pray was after. That was after. Yeah. It
0: was after. All right, um, all right. But this is giving me like her testimony, whereas yeah. I mean, I, I guess so is make it happen. But this is more like she been through something and then she had to testify, you know, cause like through the rain is very much like, sh- like she went through the rain and now she is like speaking upon it, like make it happen. There's like, yeah, I didn't have shoes. I didn't like, I worked my way up from the bottom, but through the rain is like, oh bitch, I, I just went through the rain, you know, or I mean, um. My saving grace is like bitch I just went through the rain and she's singing like differently in my opinion because she's been through more.
2: Yeah. I like the analogy of this is the sister act of Yeah. or that that make it happen was the sister act of the Jesus songs. But do you like the song Jenny K or do you skip it?
1: I mean if I were going to put it if it were going from top to bottom I wouldn't skip it uh yeah i really only think the only one that i would skip on the entire album other than through the rain is i only wanted the rest of them i'm playing but this is definitely like you have to be in that vibe to like like if it's going to come up on a playlist i I will totally skip it i I agree i I agree i listened to the intro
0: and then after that, I kind of skip it if I'm not in the mood, but I always listen to the "I still gonna learn to learn." I always listen to the intro, and then once that's over, if I'm not in the mood, I will skip it.
3: This for me, you know, that moment when she was on Carpool Karaoke, she's like, I'm not singing today. This is that for me. And then it's like, you know, and then I'm just like (laughs) singing along like fucking crazy. Like, this is that song for me. Like, oh, God, it's this song again. Okay, whatever. We're having a a moment. But then as soon as it kicks in, I'm just like, you know, it is that for me.
2: I agree with Jenny Kate. If, if I were to listen to this song, if I were to listen to the album from top to bottom, yeah, I would definitely listen to the song. But if I'm going to this album to listen to my favorite songs, I'm not going to listen to my saving grace. Oh, it's nice though. It's a good moment.
0: But it's, it's a song you have to be in the mood for. It's like looking in and outside. If you're really not trying to get to that place, the song really doesn't have a purpose for you
3: i could always listen to outside but i could leave looking in on some occasions
0: i can't always listen to outside because outside makes me cry but we can talk about that when we get to butterfly
3: mm. okay so shall we move on to and i believe this is your favorite part of the album jenny Kate. yes track nine you had your chance
1: so this is where it picks up for me and it's just like, okay, we're being put back into like the, the vibe of the, of the entire album. I feel like that little lull in the middle kind of threw it off. So if like, at this point, if you're still hanging around, here's some more of like this whole vibey thing that I'm doing. Like I will literally put on from track nine and just listen on from here. Cause it's the best part of the album.
2: Same, same. This is the, this is where the album gets Stupid good.
3: It's quite subtle in terms of like the pickup because you had your chance. I always found like it was a really nice sort of like boppy moment. There's a part where uh, JD says at the beginning, we take it to the club. I can't remember the quote exactly, but he says something about taking something to a club. And I'm just like, it's not really club where I can't imagine this at a club or even a wine bar, but it, it's something I can listen to in the car. It, it's something I, I would listen to at the gym, listen to it today even. And I do feel like, yes, it is where the album picks up. And I do like the layering of the different styles. You've got the high end of the bit where it's like, we used to be close. Like you've got the, the two layers of a voice and it it, it's, it it is exactly that. It's where the album picks up, it's where my ears prick up and I'm listening again.
1: And you can hear, like if you were to just like say the title of the track, like you can hear that in the track, like you yourself can, you know, if I'm thinking about the song, I can hear it. Whereas like something like The One, where it does have that remix. Like, I don't remember the one, the album track, but I will Mm. remember the remix. But I could, you could tell me, well, what does You Had Your Chance sound like? And I could just, sorry, but you had your chance. Like, I can immediately sing that. So this is why this is where it picks up for me, because these songs are ones that I can immediately hear in my mind.
2: And this song is more relatable as well as like a normal human being. This is a, a song that you listen to when you're like going through it with your man. I don't know about you, but I have gone to this song when I'm going through it with my man or I've just broke up with my man. It's just one of those Good Mariah songs.
3: I think we mentioned this in I, our Derek Jeter I, episode, where we were like, "It's definitely about uh, Derek Jeter," and you weren't sure. You were, like, "Oh, I forgot about this."
0: <laughs> okay, can I talk yet? Because no. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with all of you. I don't like this song, and I skip. <laughs> I skip it every time. Why? I don't like it. Why? It's boring. Why
2: is it boring? Um, well, listen, I don't- listen to it next time you go through it with your man. <laughs>
0: okay I do think it's cute like I think it's bubbly and it's fun but I just don't think it goes anywhere what that what's that little breakdown at the bridge the like I don't know how it goes but it like kind of changes the No, know, she's like, where were you
1: when I was, needed, you, needed most? you
2: most would what have done I anything
0: I think that's the only part that I actually like I think the rest of it's kind of slow, and it's a lull for me. I agree with you guys about the next songs on the album being amazing and the best part of the album, but this I just don't agree with.
2: It's definitely not my favorite favorite song on the album. I, it kind of sounds like "You Got Me," kind of. I feel like it's like it's Ginger Sister or whatever. Yeah, but
0: I don't like it.
2: It's the wingman. This is definitely the wingman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we
3: can move on to the, the more important next track,
2: if you're all willing. I'm down, because this next <laughs> track is my favorite track on the entire album, and that's a Lullaby. Love Lullaby.
1: This is probably one of my top three tracks. It, it's just the vocal layering on that alone, even though there's whispers in it, is just fantastic. It's amazing, and... I don't know. It's just I feel like this is like the centerpiece of the entire album.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's almost like it's roof's the roof sister to me. I know. I. What keep- do you mean?
1: Al- what do you
0: mean almost? Like it's, it's the, literally almost an exact copy of the roof. It's not identical. I, I'm not. It's I
2: just, like i I'm, I'm just not trying to keep comparing songs to each other and calling them sisters and brothers, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it is The Roof Part 2. It, yeah, it's definitely The Roof Part 2.
0: It literally has part of the melody of The Roof at the end and then lyrics from it as well.
3: But if I you, know. If you had Lullaby without that, without the bit at the end, would would you really associate
2: it to The Roof? Yes. Only yes, because- definitely, because of the vocal layering in it.
3: Yeah, but she only mentions the roof as well. Like, is it the first or second verse? It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, the vocal layering. But other than that, would you really like associate it to it? I don't know. Because the subject matter isn't exactly like, it's not evident that it's connected. Not really.
0: It's very much her reliving the past type moment.
3: But that could be
2: anything. That isn't
3: necessarily But that's
0: mean. what the whole song of the Roof is about.
2: It's the stylistic sound of this song. Like I said before, it's like the vocal layering, the whisper vocal layering, everything. It's just oh my god, I love this song so much. It's one of my favorite Mariah songs of all time, period.
0: It's one of my favorite songs on the album. It is. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. And it's one of the song it's one of the three songs in the the set the sex set list I was just talking about. It's sexy, and it's cute, and it's fun to have sex with your boyfriend with. and <laughs> But I don't think it's better than The Roof. Yeah, so that's how I feel about it.
3: When I first heard the whole album, I'd listened to the whole album from start to finish, and nothing stood out to me as much as Lullaby. And automatically, as soon as I heard Lullaby, I loved it immediately because i think it is there's elements of the roof there of course that pull you in and then you are like okay i, lo- I love this because it does take you to a place of like wherever you were and whatever you're reimagining when you first heard the roof but i think for me it was just like a part of the album that was most nostalgic but also the the contrast between the beat the stats kind of like stuttering kind of beat and her vocals and It was just mesmerizing for me
0: well actually i heard this album i heard the charm bracelet album before the butterfly album and it was my favorite song on the album before i even knew the song the roof mm. so i think it does stand on its own but after knowing the roof like there's no way that they're unattached from each other but yeah i think it's one of the crown jewels in the album it's one of the brightest shining charms on the bracelet.
3: <laughs> Jenny Kate, do you want to talk about Lullaby?
1: I it's just, you know, that it's in that piece of the album that is just I think the better part of the album because it picked you up from this hole and it's like, you know, coming from the track before it's like ramping up into the R&B and the big band and like the next couple of songs, but I just like you know what Nick said. The vocal layering is just superb, and there's, you know, the whole track is just like the entire vibe of the entire album. I feel like like this is what she would be listening to out in Capri. Like you know, that's the kind of vibe that that out al- that that island has to me. Knowing that she recorded it there.
3: In terms of like instrumentation, it almost gave me like Aaliyah vibes. I could hear like Aaliyah singing over this backing track a little bit, and after, obviously, we'd lost Aaliyah the year before, and there's no producers on this song that would have worked on um, Aaliyah's, like, biggest hits or album tracks, you know, there's no Timbaland or any anybody of that kind of Aaliyah kind of signature sound, but it did... I thought, you know, this, this to me sounded like it could have been a great Aaliyah track, and I think that's what drew me in a little bit, because to me, for the whole album this i know we obviously we had the we had boy and whatnot but like this sounded like something that was current that wasn't trying too hard it seemed quite
2: organic it's perfectly placed on the album too yeah i like what gia said it's like the brightest shining charm on this album at least to me
1: only one of them
3: I feel like there could have been a cute remix with like a little bit of a rap moment like we got with The Roof. But, you know, I'm happy we got Lullaby anyway. I'm glad there is something.
1: I feel like this is I, like the hip hop song that she did that didn't need a feature. You know what I mean? Like all the other more hip hop influenced songs. Sorry about that.
3: Yeah. But as oh. a, I, I mean, like as a remix, like if there was ever like a remix, there could have been one of it that didn't need to be removed too much from the original it just could have had that like little bit of a feature and that's it but like as an album track it's perfect as it is
1: so our next track is the irresistible the west side connection
2: love it
1: so it's in that section of the album that I like again, but this I think is one of my very favorite songs from the. Oh entire- my
2: gosh, this <laughs> is my least favorite song in the entire album. Oh.
1: The the rappers are a little bit annoying, but I still like this. I still Come like on, it. Mariah's on the West Side, West Side. She's coming you're to good. the West Side, West Side. I, need, you're I you're love
3: good. it. I- and you can hear in the background, like, that little, bite like, breathiness from her. This is, like, it doesn't sound anything like fantasy, but it's giving me, like, that fantasy vibe that she, you know, that she did with the remix. I'm just like, oh, I'm loving this. This is this is amazing. This should I have been a single. It's the
0: most catchy hook on the album. I think it's the most catchy hook. Like, that whole... Every time I try to leave it, something pulls me back, baby. Like, I just just makes me smile thinking about it. And I don't know how you don't like it. It is one of my favorite songs on the album. It's so good. It's so a... good. If it's not, if it's not my favorite song, like it's like my second, like I, d- like, cause most of my favorite songs on the album didn't even make the album. So like this, c- it's probably my second favorite. Yeah. I think it's my second favorite song.
3: It's a one word title, which fits perfectly with like Dream Lover, Fantasy, Honey, Heartbreaker, Lover Boy, blah, blah blah blah. You know, this could have been a perfect lead single. In terms of like formula. And obviously we just- I don't
0: think see, that's where I disagree though. I don't think it's strong enough to be the lead single like to me irresistible is like the melt away of the album where it's like yeah where it's like oh my gosh i i would have never heard this song if i didn't listen to the whole album all the way through but this is amazing and it should have been a single type song but i don't think it could have been the lead but that's just my opinion
3: i don't know i think it could have been a good thing to say i mean it could have been a good thing to set it off. I'm talking in terms of a formula kind of thing, like in terms of like what we've got before, we're going into 2002. It's perfect stylization of that time. It could have been. I could be wrong and I probably am with it because what else could there have been, you know? But like, I just feel it has, in terms of what this album is and the sound of the album and the vibe of the album, and that whole thing, I feel like this is perfect signature Mariah in terms of what we've got. That's my thought process with this song, but. I I actually
1: 100% agree with you that it could have been a single only because if you like, so if you look at the, like all of the track listings together, honestly, if we were to go by formula, that would have been the song and it should have yeah. been the first, you know, if we're going by formula, that should have been the number one track.
3: It could have been beef just a little bit like with a bit more
0: layering here and there or something. I don't know. But like I it, think it would have opened up the album beautifully.
3: But as a lead track or just opening up the album?
0: Well if no, you're gonna, going going gonna make it a, if you made it a lead track and opened up the album with it, I think it would have sounded really good but, with him talking about Mariah's on the West Side, West Side. So I think that it could have worked with a little bit of tweakation I think maybe it could have been it could have been maybe with a
3: cute remix I feel yeah like maybe with a remix on the album as well as but like it could have been beefed up a little bit here and there with things like her her vocals and layering and playing around with like singing whispery and not so whispery you know It, it could have been a little bit better but like this this is the only signature moment really for me besides I Got You but irresistible one word and i feel like the rest of the songs it's in keeping with that we've got the breakdown element of it it, it could have been a cute moment and the video would have been so summary i've said it, i said it earlier on in the episode but like it's i don't know missed opportunity a little bit maybe don't know
2: there is a fun fact i know about this song well I guess it's a fun fact. This is the very first song that leaked off of Charm Bracelet. So this is the very first song I ever heard from Charm Bracelet. And I was, I know I don't like the song, but I was just really disappointed by it. I don't know why I don't like it. I just have never really been able to get into it.
3: It's heavily sampled. Like Ice Cube has a track on one of his albums. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head what the name of the song is. If anybody else can help me out, then please jump in. But like, it there is a song by Ice Cube that has that,
1: Oh no, it's because the, at the end of the song, you know how we do it. Like, that's what it is.
3: Ah, that's from it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then they have that, like, the like, mm-hmm, bit through, throughout the song. There is
0: another song with the, oh, oh, oh.
3: It's the same song by Ice Cream. Oh, okay. That has that near yeah. bit that Jeddie
0: yeah. <laughs> <just> like... <laughs> To then... me, out of all the songs on the album, this one gives me the most glitter.
1: Okay. Yeah, I get it. Now I could see that with the if we like leading into that, it's all in the same Mm. hip hop like genre.
3: I could have taken Irresistible over Last Night at DJ Saved My Life, actually. <laughs> no. It no, gives, you, it gives no. Me a
1: glitter vibe. I mean, I'll listen to Irresistible over Last Night at DJ Saved My Life.
3: Okay? <laughs> I like Last Night at DJ Saved My Life, but it isn't. We cover. are not vibing today. We are not vibing. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I, in terms of choppers, I absolutely love Irresistible. I actually think it lives up to its name. I i I I think it's so
0: good it's one of the songs that used to be one of my favorite mariah songs period
2: that is so crazy to me
0: i don't know why why is that crazy it's very much giving mariah it's giving lead single energy from mariah like without
3: lollipops like pulling the t-shirt line on a car like all of that it's you can imagine that with artwork for irresistible probably not exactly the same but similar kind of vibes
2: it's just a filler track to me but anyway
0: well anyway (laughs) we can talk about a real filler track when we get to bring it on the heartbreak but
3: i'll say We're very divided and scattered across this album. I feel <laughs> like our opinions. But, like, yeah, let's move on to the next one then. if Unless anybody has anything to add for Irresistible.
0: No. The whistle okay. notes are amazing. Just had to put that out there.
3: <laughs> There's a lot good with this song. I love this song. Anyway, okay. So let's move on to trap 12:
2: Subtle Invitation. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Golden. This is a golden classic Mariah Carey track.
1: I think this should have been... Was this the fan favorite when she put on her stories the other day from this album? Or did she just skip this album altogether?
2: Oh, I can't remember. I want to say it was my saving grace.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. No, you're No, you're right. But this is my personal favorite from the entire album. And it's just like the whole big band element with like a jazz. And then, you know, the references to... Derek Jeter and all that it's just I love this song I'm sorry but I wish that you know Jeter would would have been a thing
3: we could have gotten more Butterfly albums if Derek Jeter would have been no maybe not I don't know
1: we could have gotten a lot more honey
3: yeah honey <laughs> she'd have got a lot more honey <laughs> <laughs> I like subtle invitation. I didn't like it, but and that's probably because of my age. But like, I didn't like it
2: when the album first came out because I was like,
3: "That's crazy."
0: Not my it's not my favorite.
2: Burl, I can't. I can't <laughs> anymore. <laughs> this is this is definitely in the top three of the entire album.
0: Yeah, no, not for me. But I, I it's think in it's in my top like...
1: five.
0: It's in my top five, but it's not my top three. But I just. I do love it. It's so good. It's very jazzy and bluesy nightclub moments. And I'm sure if I saw saw her do it on tour, I would have more feelings for. (laughs) I feel like that's where the disconnection is coming from.
1: Go watch the videos then.
0: I've seen the videos, but I (laughs) no, I have. But the quality's terrible, darling. The sound is like the worst on the Charm Bracelet tour. And to me. It's the end of the song for me. Like, I have to wait to get there. And it takes a while for me to get there. But it's great. It's a great song. I'm not knocking it. But it's just not for me. It's not my taste. It's not my favorite Mariah song.
2: Well, let's talk about what happens during the tour on this song. Because when I saw the tour, this was probably one of my favorite parts. Because during the entire song, she's introducing the band throughout subtle invitation which was so cute to me
1: no 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 she came down and did the song and then did the whole like band intro after yeah 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 yeah
2: exactly that's what I meant but yeah I thought because it so subtle invitation kind of kept on going and she was like introducing each member it it, I loved it I love the song so much if she hurts you she's a dample all you gotta call me all you gotta do is call me boy I got you come on Gia
1: well, she's also like uh, in the concert she's like running around the stage like all like uh you know doing the wrinkled brow and everything <laughs> to get you to because i honestly think that this is part of the um the lipped portion of the um concert yeah um do not hate me for that but she was very much trying to sell us on it during the concert and i wasn't buying it
2: it was definitely a moment to me at the concert but that was just me. This was also my first time ever seeing Mariah live. So I was just, my wig was snatched. the best snatched. song on the album. I didn't say it was the best song on the album. I said it's in the top
0: three on the album.
1: It's the best to me, though. Oh,
0: okay, well, then I'll be nice about it.
1: Thank you. It's <laughs> not terrible. <laughs> I love the
0: Dun, dun, na, dun, na, dun, na, dun, na, dun, dun, Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's I, very
1: big bandish.
0: And then the. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay! laughs>
2: we got a lot of singing moments from Gia on this podcast,
0: and we're gonna delete all of them, Gareth.
2: But
3: like, I, I, I like this song. Now, it it took a while for it to grow on I me. Mean, like, probably a few years. Like, I think after we got the emancipation, and I went back to like listen to charm bracelet like i kind of started to appreciate it because of songs like i wish you knew and joyride even though it doesn't sound the same the 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 genre that it plays around with it doesn't sound the same but i did like the element of what subtle invitation was given us in terms of the musical sort of like you know uh composition as um after hearing The Emancipation with songs like Joyride. So it, it now is a song that I can go to on its own. It's a song I can listen to, but before I'd always skip it. Like when I was a teenager, like later teens, I would always skip it.
0: You know what it is for me? I think when I first became a huge Mariah Carey fan, it was Lullaby, Subtle Invitation, wait, and Irresistible. It was those three songs on repeat every day. So I think that I just like blew out Subtle Invitation and I'm kind of like still like (laughs) about it because like I played it to death, girl. Like I listened to those three songs on Charm Bracelet so many times.
3: I think where it is on the album, it's easy to do that. And I think that's probably why I did it because I, I appreciate it a lot more for
2: the quality that it is. All right. Well, let's go into the next track, which is Gia's favorite track. Bring I don't it on know the heartbreak. <laughs> Bring it I on don't the know heartbreak. Her. <laughs> okay. First of all, before we get into this track, I want you to explain to us why you don't like this.
0: Why? Uh, <laughs> well, if you're gonna say
2: if you're gonna say something outlandish like you don't like this song, you're going to have to justify it for me.
0: It's just not my cup of tea. If if people are bitching about the whisperiness of this album, this is like one of the songs that I'm like, yeah, let's throw it in the fire. I hate the whisperiness. Like, I don't like this song. Um, I don't like the original song. Mariah's covers on her albums aren't my favorite to begin with. So there's that. And then it's just long and to me the only thing is that vocal showcase whistle note moment and that's all the song is to me and like it's got a cute video I love I I I don't know her like I'm glad that that's where that came from so it has a place in history but the song itself is just not it for me the the red dress in the video was cute her hair was cute the microphone dip moment was cute the whistle note is cute everything else i'm just like okay like i can i I skip the song every time like it's just not for me and i don't like that she says the word gypsy in it maybe i'm just being very gen z about it but like i just don't like that word i don't know and then um yeah i just think it's not a good song so that's how i feel and if you're a lamb was like once mariah covers a song it's her own like that's great like i love you you can feel that way like to me The beautiful, (laughs) I'm gonna sound like an ass backwards lamb, but like to me, the beautiful ones is like one of the only album covers that's like amazing. And
1: that's how I feel. So thank you.
2: What are your feelings on it, Jenny Kate?
1: I like the song, but mainly for the whistle notes because that was like, that's my favorite whistle note of like any song because it's so piercing when it happens. Uh, I get like, uh, goosebumps every time but i think there's more nostalgia for the song for me because that's like between through the rain and when this one came out it kind of i don't know this one seemed bigger than when boy i need you came out and i think it came after i'm not 100 sure on that, so don't quote me but there's more nostalgia around this song because of we got some of the behind the scenes of the video the video was huge You know, it was a big deal that, you know, she mimicked the dress from the video on tour and, you know, that she's remaking another song and making it her own. Like, it was just a big deal. So I think there's more nostalgia surrounding that song, which makes it bearable to me. But the whistle notes are what makes the song.
2: I totally agree with you. But that's
1: what I that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, that's why I don't like it.
2: I remember the first time I ever listened to this song because I remember when they announced this. I remember when they announced that Mariah was redoing Def, Def Leppard's song. And I remember thinking to myself, how is Mariah going to redo a uh, a big hair 80s band song? So when I heard that's,
0: that's it. That's the kind of song she always remakes.
2: No, I'm talking like you've listened to the original version, right?
0: yeah okay did, uh, so i was thinking song it...
2: she's done like
3: that is open arms and that wasn't the same
0: well yeah this... wait no the harry nielsen song without that's not, you
2: that's not a big hair glam rock moment
0: though every song she covers is like a rock song
2: the point i was making is how was mariah going to sing over this heavily guitar driven song that an 80s hair band sang so when I first heard this song, I was blown away. And to piggyback off what you both have said about the high notes, I remember the first time I heard her sing that high note, I just stood there and I was mouth breathing. And I kept rewinding the song and listening to it over and over and over again. It's so iconic. It it boggles my brain, Gia, that you don't love this song.
0: To me, I'm like, this song was a fucking single over all of these other gems on the album that she actually wrote like so i just it's just not it for me it's just really not but i'm also a lamb who doesn't live for the covers like other lambs do i just really don't it's not for me
3: i think i think she did the this well not this cover i think she did a cover because she was trying to i think i said it earlier on in the episode where she was trying to sort of revisit earlier parts of her career to cater to people that liked that part of her career. And obviously, like, covers have done well for her in certain parts of the world. So, obviously, the majority of the album is written by her. So it's just like, oh, I shove on a cover. And she, I think she picked a good cover to do. Like, why would Mariah Carey do a glam rock kind of styled song? It's not really something she's done before. Journey who originally did open arms they're not really glam rock they're kind of like i don't even know how you would what you would call them they're like alternative rock yeah like and it's it's not the same as Def leopard like Def leopard are more like they're not like queen at all but they're in that same direction of queen they're not as good as by any measure.
1: i would put journey and queen closer together than Def leopard and queen queen's like in between the two you know because, because yeah hard or like as like Ugh, you know what I mean? but they're not like as quiet as journey is it's weird exactly
3: yeah Def leopard are quite like in your face in terms of like their sound um but yet yeah, they're not as radio friendly as queen i think i feel like she did a really good job with it if you know what the song is and you hear her version; it's like, okay, she's did a really good job with it. Um, yeah, I think I felt like she did a better job with this than what she did with "I Want to Know What Love Is." Uh, that's my opinion. Um, that's
2: my opinion too. Because I was expecting a
3: lot more from "I Want to Know What Love."
1: Is. I think both of those covers can go in the bin. So, oh, only one of them—only uh, uh, one of those songs needs to go in the bin, and it's not "Bring It on the Heartbreak."
3: okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're very "Don't Stop Believing" songs, yeah. like. Well, I do think, you know, in keeping with the formula of her albums, you know, (laughs) she's had a cover for quite some time on her albums and she always does one. So for her to like, just pick one, I think this was a good choice for, and the arrangement makes it better because you listen to this one and then you go back and listen to the original. It's like listening to a choir and then trying to listen to a garbage truck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's it just doesn't mix but also there was I I don't remember which interview it was but she has said that she picked songs to cover that she would listen to growing up so it makes sense you know if she's in these like white neighborhoods or at the time maybe this was something at that time that was you know on the radio more where's the Stevie Wonder cover where's the Michael Jackson cover like you know
0: what I mean. She's,
3: she kind of did a <laughs> Michael Jackson cover already. Where? Add the Stevie Wonder cover. We've got "I'll Be There," and we've got "You and I."
0: Album moments. Well,
3: yeah. Well, I'll okay. be there. I'll be there. That's yeah. an EP,
0: and that's the Jackson Five.
3: It's still Michael Jackson. <laughs> but like, no, I could have. I could have taken if we hadn't have got "Bring It On the Heartbreak." If we'd have got "You and I," like I would have been happy with "You and I" in this album.
0: I would have lived the, for "You and I."
3: We got it after.
0: Oh, <gasps> <gasps> Yes. I would see like I love that that performance of you and I and if that was on the album instead of this I would be living for it It would be one of my favorites on the album I think it's just the song itself that I don't like so I don't think that it's like her at all that I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe it like "Eh." but it's just not it's not for me so that's why I
2: think that I might dare to say that this is my favorite Mariah cover ever because it was so unexpected to me and I was just expecting the garbage truck and I was mouth-breathing at the end. So to me, this is just oh, so good. So fucking good. Okay, All right, I guess it's time to move on to uh, Arthur's track.
3: <laughs>
1: you mean
0: Alfred,
1: Nay. <laughs> uh.
2: Going into track 14, it is obviously... Sunflowers for Alfred Roy?
1: I remember listening to the whole album when we, when we first got it. I didn't skip this, but I would skip it. And now, now that, you know, we have like, you don't have to just go to track 14. You can just like, you know, have one song by itself. I listen to it way more now because like, you know, having my male role model pass away it kind of started to feel a little bit more important. And it just so happened that that was like, literally almost 10 years after that this album was released that, that happened. So then like I didn't really identify or pick up on this song about the it didn't resonate with me until, you know, like someone in my life had passed that was like just as important. And I kid you not every time that it gets to the point point where she's like, thanks for reaching out and saying just how proud you were be I mean, all oh, it gets me in the gut every time and i will cry every time
2: didn't mariah have like didn't she have like a difficult relationship with her father but she only reconnected with him right before he passed or am i thinking about something else no it, she, exactly. i can't remember the ins and outs i like,
3: like they were very, like
0: very estranged
2: yeah
3: and then they
0: reconnected right as he was on his way out. Yeah.
3: But I think she always had some kind of admiration for him and some nice memories of when she was growing up. But I think he according to the book, I, I think that from what she's described, he had a certain like military kind of way of doing things and everything was always quite uniform and um in terms of like processes, obviously not dressing, but like and so she I think she always kind of found that like intriguing for this is my interpretation, a bit intriguing but also quite strange because of how everything was at her her mum's house growing up with her mother mainly that everything was quite messy i'm not quoting anybody on this this is just how my interpretation from reading the book and she i think she has because she felt more at home with his side of the family as opposed to her mum's for obvious reasons like her mum's side of the family was absent um and yet her dad's side of the family was very welcoming So she resonated more with them. And so I feel like um, she's got some good memories from going to see him and seeing his relatives and uh, maybe growing up with certain members of his family or whatever it is that she's kept, you know, that's led her to keep in contact with this person, that person, whatever. And so I feel like maybe she feels like there should have been a better relationship.
0: Also, he thought that Vision of Love was about him because he thought that the struggling through alienation, he thought that, like, because he left, she was very much, like, upset about that. And she also, in the book, talked about how he had all of these newspaper clippings and all of her stuff, like her music and things. And she didn't know, like, if he even knew about all of that stuff. So.
2: I do remember back in the day that mariah never talked about her father really ever if i if i remember correctly i never really heard her talk about him up until right before he died and i remember her expressing that she had reconnected with her father and i do remember when her father passed this song to me and i don't want to sound insensitive or anything i just don't connect with it in any way I don't know if it's because I never grew up with a father or I don't really like the songs that are really sad that Mariah sings but I've never really connected to this song so to me the album ends with bringing on the heartbreak but I appreciate the song I'm glad that the song it apparently and blatantly means a lot to her because it has always shown up in her career with the sunflowers and everything so i'm glad it's there and i'm glad that it means so much to mariah i just have never been able to connect to it like jenny has said with the line thanks for reaching out and letting me know how proud you were of me so but yeah i've never been able to really connect to this song i
3: haven't been able to connect to it but like it's very of the same vein as petals and or you know those kind of moments but like So I will always listen to it because I do like the way that she has structuralized her lyrics in this song. Um, It's not something I will go to, but it's something I will always listen to when it comes on. I like the way she sings it. It, 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 Even though we've said before that the album is very whispery, for this kind of a moment, like it's very much at home. It is something I can always listen to.
0: My father has multiple myeloma cancer so it's cancer in his blood and his lymph and his bones and it's and is uncurable and it is like stage four and right now it's in some sort of state of remission but it will come back because it's it's not one that goes away Mm. so when i get to this song on the album I have to skip it because I will literally be sent to a place that I'm just not ready for yet. And I feel like it's one of the Mariah songs that I'm like saving for when I really actually need it, because I know that there's a there's a ticking time clock going on in my life. And I'm just not ready to be at that part
1: yet. So that's how I feel about the song and when she gets to that point in the song when she's like my favorite part the one that kills me every time there's a crack and a break in her voice that she i think purposely allowed to remain on the recording to convey the emotion and that's what like that's part of what sends me every time
2: are you talking about the part when she says thank you for reaching
1: proud and lovingly saying yeah i know that what you always been proud of me <laughs> it's like the it it's it very boys to men of her to keep the
0: crack
2: i'm happy that mariah has this song for her own well-being and her own personal needs i've just like i said before i've just never been able to really connect to it so it's normally i hate saying it, it's normally one that i just skip
1: it's not for everybody
0: I feel like that's very much in line with her deeper songs, though, because I'm not always in the mood to be able to listen to Pedals or Looking In or anything like that all the time either. So I feel like it's understandable.
1: Well, here we are at the end of the original album, which I wish that this would have opened the entire album instead of closing the entire album. I think that we could have closed with the formula and left some flowers at the end and opened with this instead. I agree. So, the song we're talking about is the Through the Rain remix with
0: Kelly Price and Joe. And to me, this is the superior version of the song. I just think that Kelly and Joe give it an extra layer and the background vocals they they just give it something that I needed the original to have. I love an R&B Mariah moment and this just serves it
2: yeah i agree it is definitely the the standout through the rain on there but like i said in our heartbreaker review i don't really like when mariah puts the same song on the same album like she did with heartbreaker i always thought it was sort of a cop-out to me to just kind of fill in tracks and make the album a little bit longer but yes i do agree this is the superior version to through the Rain.
0: Well, I'm glad we could agree on something in this album review.
2: I know because this was bleak. We didn't agree on anything with this.
0: I don't think we did. I think we may have agreed on. um, No, I I don't think we agreed on anything. (laughs) Well, I think there were parts and pieces where like one or two of us would agree on one at one song but i don't think there's been like a yes this song is fire all around type <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> Like, has there been like have we all agreed on one song at least
2: no i don't
3: think is so. this
0: the first one that we agree on i i do
2: i i'm probably gonna ruin this moment but i don't like this song but
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i i'm just being real i don't like this song i never listened to it but unless I'm listening to the album all the way through, I don't, I never go to this song, ever. I don't think I've ever gone to the song yes once. Yes,
1: you can, yes, you can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't, no, I won't.
1: But in time, but in time, that could change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. I really don't, I don't know why. Maybe that's why this album just isn't it in the Lamely Because we really could not come to, Clown, bitch, clown. We all loved clown. Uh,
2: we all like Lullaby too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's two well, other songs that we have to really add to this, which one is being uh, Busta Rhymes and Mariah Carey. I know what you want. Because- yeah that song came out during this era and this song was bigger than any song that was on charm bracelet. And I, in my personal, my personal beliefs believe that this song helped bring Mariah Carey back.
1: Yep. It was in between the album release and all the, like the flopping singles and the tour, because I remember there was a little snippet on tour where she would sing her little part, dance a little bit, and then shimmy off the stage yeah yeah she
2: didn't she add that at the end of towards the end of the tour with i know what you want
1: i'm not sure because which part of the tour came first the asian part or the american part
2: Uh, the asian part came first
1: i yeah i don't think that they the asian part had it but i think when she came back to the states because of the success of the song she added it in as like a little dance moment
2: I remember thinking when this song was out and I remember watching it grow and grow and grow. And everybody loved this song. It only peaked at number three. I remember the lamely hoping it would get to number one. It's always been like that in the lamely, but I do remember it just growing and growing. And I remember thinking to myself, damn, this is really bringing Mariah back. And this was like the first time I started feeling happier again for Mariah. Like, I think she's going to come back. I think she's going to come back and spoiler alert she did. But it was such a good song. It was at the most perfect time in her career. I love it. I love it so much.
1: I particularly like it better than the part two, which I know is not part of this era, but we need to stop trying to make things happen again. That's all I will say about that.
2: (laughs) Justice for the rainbow interlude. (laughs) Wait, what? you know lambs are always trying to have a justice moment for the weirdest songs like
0: oh yeah 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 but okay i just didn't know what (laughs)
2: justice for the wind (laughs) justice for the
0: (laughs) wind
2: justice for just to be around you like stuff like that it's always the weirdest (laughs) shit always oh my god there were a few other tracks that they had on the charm break because mariah Bree released this um as the tour version uh later that year, but it was only released internationally. It wasn't released here in America, but they had a few other songs. Because during this time, Mariah was doing a lot of features with people. She was doing features with Jadakiss. She was mm-hmm. doing them with Da Brat. Of course, she did them with uh, Busta Rhymes. So this, was, to me, was the in-between era of Mariah really coming back and setting herself up for success and not being stagnant and not hiding and not giving in to the motherfuckers who just talk all this shit about her. So the way this part of this time was is how I feel it is right now for Mariah. I know that sounds weird, but I really get that same vibe that happened during those in-between times and those features that she was doing all the time that I get now, that I feel like Mariah's about to come back. I could be completely delusional, but that's how I feel. How do y'all feel?
1: I don't know if she's in that same mode right now with all of the features and the smaller things that she's doing, but it it does feel sort of like that, but just an extended version of it because it's been happening for so long because right now there's so many start-stops oh something great is coming and then we get it and it's like that's it like christmas <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um and then she's so focused on christmas because of the recent success of that that it's like i don't know like right now i don't feel as just the same as hype as it was as i know what you want and that whole era was too much christmas not enough uh mariah <laughs>
2: <laughs> right is christmas
0: yeah and that's i think i have a problem with that okay
2: (laughs) we know gia there's there's just one more song there's just one more song that i want to bring up and that is there goes my heart again which is which is kind of like a b it's kind of like a b-side but it's it's on the tour version and it's one of my favorite mariah b-sides ever
1: yeah i think this is the the slipping away to date like to daydream this is there goes my heart is to charm but
2: yes I never thought about it that way I
3: like
0: 100%,
1: that 100% Jenny Kate
2: 100% and it was written
3: or co-written by Irv Gotti was oh, it yeah I
2: didn't know that yeah I read that today oh damn One two three four five six seven.
3: I <laughs> know and-
1: <laughs> Sounds just like her. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think it could have been nice. You know that in that sort of like the second slump when we go into sort of like the the subtle invitation and whatnot. This could have been somewhere I don't even know where, but it could have been a nice sort of like moment amongst all those songs. Like even if it builds in just so that. Be-
2: there goes my heart before subtle invitation, or maybe after subtle invitation. tonight know, but it
3: would.
0: Have been I
1: think perfect. after. Yeah. yeah.
2: G and I were talking about this song earlier today and she made a really cool point. She said that it would sound really good on The Emancipation of Mimi and I could really see that on The Emancipation of Mimi. With its instrumentation? Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: That's, I did say that. I forgot I said that.
2: (laughs) Girl, you forget what year it is.
1: Sometimes.
2: All right, so before we wrap up this episode, I want to hear about when you met Mariah and your charm bracelet tour moment.
1: So there's a lot that goes into like that one day, but I like the date is like etched in my mind forever. It's August 5th, 2003, which, you know, that ages me because like, if you, I was right out of high school and like, you know, living on my own, doing my things that ages me completely, but I actually... Because of the fan club, I do remember it with the message boards, you could enter in a contest to tell just you, all you had to do was just let them know that you were coming to the concert and which one you were going to. And I believe that they encouraged you to only enter into one location, but I could be mistaken on that because I think the point of this was I, I teamed up with another lamb. So what that's what the point of the message board was like, I'm putting, I'm throwing my hat in the ring and then in a separate message board Uh, string, we would pair up with another lamb to get more lambs backstage because we didn't want just like a lamb getting a ticket. And then taking their brother or their mother or something like that. We wanted as many lambs to get backstage as possible. So I paired up with someone. So if she had won the drawing, then she would have taken me. But if I won the drawing, then I was going to take her. So I won and I will never forget it. And I refuse to delete this email. So I have an email all the way from back there. But I got this email in my email and I was at work and I literally lost my shit because I was just like, oh my God, this can't be real. I had to walk away and come back. and i was like is this real like am i being so i i you know just basically lost it i had already purchased tickets to go to the concert. But then like listening to the radio, they actually were hyping her up on one of the more R&B stations around our area. They were hyping up the tour. And I was like, that's kind of weird. They were giving away tickets. So I like entered in to like win the tickets to see if they would be better than the ones that I purchased. (laughs) And they weren't. So I gave them away to someone else so that they could go to the concert but I took my best friend at the time and I explained to her I was like look I would love to take you backstage with me but I already promised to take someone else and I cannot go back on my word on that because that really sucks so this my best my very best friend to this day when we went backstage she hung around the entire time and waited for me so this was like two hours after the show that she waited for me, which I still love her to this day for that, even though I'm the one that drove out there. But anyways, I was her ride. But, you know, the whole concert went on. My seats weren't all that great. I was more concerned with what's going to happen after the show. So some of my pictures that I took from the time, which were from a disposable camera, were not all that great. I wasn't like down in the very front row. It wasn't very close at all. Um, pictures don't do it justice. I could see it well. but. It was more the audio was great and just the whole concert was really good. When she walked through the crowd to get to the stage, she didn't go near my section, but you could like, they didn't have, I don't even think that they had like, you know, those larger screens that most artists have up now. I don't think they she had those. It was a very small venue. So like any seat would be good at that point, but the show itself was really good. And I do remember pieces of it, like her sitting in the gold dress for clown with the hair swooped over the side on like the, the, and the marionettes going around her for that. And when she came out from the rafters in the white dress for subtle invitation, and then did the band intros after when she would walk through the crowd in that like all glitzy glam thing at the top of the show and went through all of the outfit changes. And she wound up in the shorts with the tank top. That was weird, but to sing, make it happen, which was very strange. Uh, and then the dress from bringing on the heartbreak with the red and, you know, so there was actually a really cool and I kept it a People Magazine article that showed all of her different outfit changes throughout the night. So they're all, they're all really iconic. And I think they said that she changed outfits like eight or nine times, which whatever, mm-hmm. the, apparently that was a thing like a big Thing to report on but I didn't I didn't really think it was I was like you know there's a vibe for each one of these moments of the show um I believe that she closed out the show with Hero but I can't remember because at that point I was like losing my mind and like oh my god I have to get to this place after the show where is it like at that point just trying to like calm myself But after the show was over, everybody left and like you just had to stay and like go to this one section. And then the people met you there and took you backstage and we were all just waiting around. But the coolest thing was that Trey, Marianne, and all of the backup singers were just hanging around backstage with you waiting on her to come through. So it was like, it was amazing. And, you know, they told you that you weren't allowed to bring things For her to sign, but I did anyways, and we're all sitting around waiting around backstage, and she just comes like walking through the crowd, and we're all just like, oh my god! Like I have this picture of her that's like really like close up, like you can see the pores on her face. Like I'm literally right next to her. I'm like, oh my god! She just blew past me, and she smells like heaven. And so they put us into groups of the people from the fan club into about groups of like twelve to fifteen to go back to meet her all at once. And so I maneuvered myself to be in the first group that went through. And when they shoved this in, like, you know, we basically walked in a room and she's just standing there like, hi guys. And you just like go over to her and everybody's like trying to talk to her. Meanwhile, I can't say a fucking word. I'm just staring at her like slack jawed with my eyes wide open. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I hand her my charm bracelet CD cover. And I'm just like, I didn't even say anything. She was just like, oh yeah, sure. Let me sign that. And so I have my like tour book and everything else with me. And then they say, turn around, we're going to do a picture. And the whole time that the whole group is in there, I'm too starstruck to let anybody get in between me and her. So like, that's how I managed to get like right next to her in the photo, because I was so dumbfounded. I didn't understand what anybody else was saying. I just didn't want to leave her side. And so when we were all leaving, I get a hug and I realized that I haven't said two words to her. So like on the way out, I was just like, I love you. And she was like, I love you too. And it was, it's like, you know, it's the kind of stuff that is like really cheesy, but it was a moment and I actually got to touch her and she's real. And she's like, the thing that stood out to me was that her hair was so big and that her body It's so weird to see her in pictures because the pictures make her look so much heavier than she is in real life. She is like tiny, tiny, tiny person. I was like, oh my gosh, at the time I was tiny and she's like skinnier than I am. And I'm like this bitch. But afterwards it was just like, you know, you're on some sort of like high and I don't even remember the drive home. I don't remember leaving but I do remember getting home and my boyfriend at the time, I was like, oh my God, you would not believe the night I just had. And he was like, who cares? And so that kind of like dropped it for me. And I'm just like, Ugh. but the high of just that, that like couple hours after like going through backstage, getting home, it was just like, I, I've never found anything to top that high. It was amazing. And she literally was a goddess, looked amazing, smelled amazing, was the sweetest person, was slipping fans autographs when they told her no, was doing extra photos with fans when they told her that she couldn't. And so it was just, you know, that I think the experience of that and like the euphoria that happened then will cemented this album to be like kind of like it for me so it carries so much nostalgia of the time and of the experience of the concert and I think I'm glad that she did that for this album because it's not like a mainstream one of the fan favorites but I think in doing those experiences with the fans it probably made this one like to a bunch of fans their number one album which is that's what it did for me it cemented in my mind is like this is the best thing she's ever done
2: That is amazing. So this, this was the first time you ever got to see Mariah live,
1: right? That's correct. Cause I, my parents (laughs) growing up, my mom was like, she did professional singing, like on the side, like she would sing at weddings. So she was very much like a Patricia tone. Like she's not an opera singer, but she is very classically trained and like very, she was annoyed to death by Mariah. And so like that, I think when I was younger, that made me like more interested in like, oh, well, my mom doesn't like her. Well, why? like, let's get into her. So I was not allowed to go to any of the other tours. Plus they were really far away. I think the closest one um, prior to that was Rainbow because it was in New York. And I don't think she came any further south because we're closer to D.C.,
2: yeah, I remember that time too. I wanna pay, I wanna elaborate on some of the things that you said about that because this is the first time I ever saw Mariah live as well. Uh, You mentioned that it was a small venue. Yeah, Mariah did all, for the listeners, Mariah did all small venues during that time because she wanted this concert to be more intimate. And I'm very glad that she did that because it's like you said earlier too, that even though I had bad seats, there was no bad seats. And that's so true. I think I was in the ninth row or something like that. And I've just, oh, I was so amazed because... like you this is my first time i didn't get to meet her but this is my first time ever seeing mariah live and how excited i was i i saw her in september you said you saw her in august
1: Mm -hmm. the very beginning of august it was august 5th I,
2: i think i saw her on september 12th in connecticut but yeah but it was such an amazing concert i'm just so grateful that i got to see that concert i was so young that i didn't really realize now sitting today how lucky we were to get to actually see that concert
1: yeah and then like stop doing so much of the message boards and honeybee fly after after this after the concert because like the next era that came around I remember we had to start dealing with Live Nation to get tickets. So this was like the last true of like really listening to the fans and like, you know, interaction through the boards. And because that's when that kind of phased out too. So there was like a good two years, two-ish years of those message boards. And then they kind of just went bye-bye or they turned into something else. I remember they, those
2: message boards. It makes me wonder if I ever like had some indirect contact with you. That's so weird.
1: Probably Because <laughs> I was all over it. I was like. This is this is the time to be a lamb. you know, like just all the people that I've met and actually one of the people that um, is in the picture that I took, we're still friends to this day. And I mean, I've seen him through a lot of stuff. like he actually after that deployed, I think a couple times. But him and I, like we still keep in touch and like we always have that picture. So like whenever that day comes up, we'll post the picture and we'll tag each other in it.
2: That's so cute. <laughs> Did you get any merch?
1: i did and i still have it and i just wore it last week <laughs> it was this is it the black, black shirt it was a black tank top with uh mariah carey uh printed across the front in gold
2: I, what, what i got the black shirt that where she's just like i think it's from the butterfly era I, or it could have been charm bracelet era but i got oh, no, the, the, the black shirt
1: and she's like sitting against the wall
2: yes yes i got that one <laughs> i still have it
1: i remember most of the merch too because i was like i want it all but i can't afford it i'm just like i'm barely out of college i can't afford shit
2: (laughs) i think i got a keychain too i can't or a poster i still have it all it's floating around somewhere in my closet but yeah it was so amazing you're so lucky. I'm kind of jealous.
1: Well, you know, think about like the girl that I took. Like, you know, she didn't win, but like she like just because we randomly paired up together, she got to come backstage too. That Are you still I- in
2: contact with her today?
1: No. I don't even remember hmm. her name.
2: Crazy. But- <laughs>
1: that was the point of the whole thing. It's like, we want to get so like, she probably has, you know, she probably tells her own story about that. Like, I could have not lived up to my end of the bargain and just been like shady as fuck and just been like, no, me and my friend are going. But like, I was like, no, because I would feel devastated if she had done the same thing to me. So
2: that's a very honorable of you to do.
1: Not trying to be like, everybody wants their moment, you know, and that, to take that away from someone that would have been really shitty uh, you said she smelled really good and I want to know what she smelled like that's pretty much what I've been waiting to ask I liken it to you know that pink sugar like that Aqualina pink sugar it's very cotton candy-ish but it was like all through her hair it was like a you were, do you remember like when Questlove for the for her um induction was like that's talking why about- yes that's why yes. I asked that yeah it's like aroma she just smelled
0: itself. like a rich person did she look like a really rich person
1: I don't know because you know some of the outfits that she wore backstage and you can look at the picture like she was in a jean skirt and a white tank top off the shoulder to me it appeared as though she was in that trying to appear younger thing so I wouldn't say that she like looked rich but I mean just the smell like yeah that's rich people smell
2: I want to mention something that you said earlier, too, about the way she looks in person, because the first time I ever saw her, it's kind of like just what you said. She looks she looked really, really thin. And I do remember thinking, gosh, her hands are so big. I'm shorter. So I kept thinking, wow, she's so tall. I remember thinking that as well. I remember.
0: Yeah, I thought that, too. First time I saw Mariah in person, I was like, this
1: girl is so tall. (laughs) Well, she was wearing heels. So in the picture, like it looks like there's like, you know, about like half a foot of difference. But honestly, like I was wearing flats and she was wearing heels. So <laughs> she what is she like Five nine, five ten? I think she's five, nine. Yeah. My mom is five, nine and her and I look in the eye when I see her, but she was wearing heels for sure that day. And I was not because like, I knew that I was going to have to walk after the show and I didn't know how far it was going to be. So I wore flats to the show to be comfortable. So that like in that in the picture, I'm so short and she just seems so big. No, no, no. This was really weird though. I do vaguely remember someone that looked like her brother being backstage and I definitely remember seeing Mark Mark Sudaki or whatever how you say his name like backstage as well I do remember he is the one that told us that we weren't allowed autographs and we weren't allowed individual photos he was very adamant about that and it was kind of gross was Mariah very nice oh god yeah she would like she wasn't freaked out that everybody was flocking her which was kind of like normally you know like some celebrities would be like oh my god and like step back and be like oh my god one at a time no she was just like oh flock like you know come to me children <laughs> she had no qualms about everybody being around her vying for her attention like basically all talking at the same time she was like completely at ease and she did not make one person in that group feel bad
2: come to me lambs come to me
1: <laughs> yeah you're, she's, what you're saying come is to like,
2: mother
1: come to mother
2: like,
1: it's a.
0: What you're saying is like Pied Piper energy.
1: Yeah, it really felt like that. And she was just like so calm about it. Like it was, I was like, this is, maybe that's why I was so like enamored with the whole situation. But I was just like, (gasps) I could not speak. I'm I'm never speechless. And I could not fathom saying a word. So did you not talk to her at all then? Other than like staring at her slack jawed with wide eyed and then telling her I loved her as I was like hugging her. And her saying, I love you back. No, because I could not.
2: It's so weird because the same thing happened to me the first time I ever met her like that. I couldn't say anything. And I just said, I love you.
1: <laughs> she's, she's totally used to that. And you could tell because she was like, not like weirded out by like everybody being like that. And then there's some people that weren't like that. And she was just, it was very easy. It felt very easy.
2: You're very lucky because that was such an incredible part. It, it, it didn't seem like it at that time, but this is such... A very pivotal point in Mariah's career and the tour is arguably her best tour vocally
1: absolutely I would say so <laughs> even though like I said before there were some moments that I felt like were pre-recorded or straight from the tracks what have you what have her live <laughs> moments from that tour make up for it though that yeah. is
0: literally probably the best tour vocally since the daydream world tour and i don't even give a fuck if some parts of it were lipped or not like give the bitch a break Her- i lived in my
2: own fantasy world and i just kept thinking i can't wait to hear mariah sing a high note for the first time with my own ears i was on my own world like i didn't know anything about lip singing i didn't believe that mariah lip sync and i still live in that fantasy (laughs) because i remember i said i don't know if it was you or diego but i said i remember when mariah came out because she opened up with heartbreaker and she cut through the crowd like jenny kate was saying and y'all said that she was lip-syncing and you just kind of ruined my world we love
1: we love a delusional lamb yes well no like anybody that thinks that the the crescendo of subtle invitation was sung live is like high because that was no absolute it sounded verbatim like the album track and i'm like okay but then i guess i'm high with them when she came through and did make it happen that was amazing amazing
2: yeah i remember when she's saying make it happen make it happen every time i've seen mariah live i've always seen her sing make it happen every single time
0: you're very lucky
2: You'll get your Make It Happen moment, trust me.
0: Well, you got one of the best on solid grounds in Make It Happen history, Nick. So I'm just very jealous over here trying to bite my tongue, so.
2: <laughs> and I was just like, why is she singing this song? I was so stupid and taking it for granted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do think that she ended with Hero. That was one of the very few times that I actually stayed until the very, very end. Did she hit the whistle note at the end of it? No, oh, no, 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 no that i would remember but, because then but i you would You know what she, i'm talking about though right how sometimes she hit a whistle at the end of hero in the chambers tour i don't remember her doing that if i it would be a different story if she had because i would have remembered that because i do remember the times that she did on the tour and i was like they're so fucking lucky i don't even remember what our fan voted on song was so in each i think we we talked about it before at each of the locations on the message boards that we were allowed to vote on what song snippet that she would sing i think once some of the options were can't take that away, can't let go. And I can't remember what a, what the other options were, but we got can't take that away, I believe. And it was only a little bit. It wasn't even memorable because I don't remember her singing it either. What was the yeah, standout don't... vocal moment of the show? Probably Clown because of like, you could tell that that was live. And that was a really good, she could sit down and relax. And she didn't need a lot of bells and whistles with it because there's not a lot going on in the song other than her voice. But, you know, when she also did bring it on the heartbreak, that was really good, too. So I'm not going to lie. Even though you won't like it. That's okay. This is your
0: moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bitch, shut up, Nick. <laughs> Jenny Kate, do you have anything else you want to add to the charm bracelet moment?
1: Well, I will say that one of our fellow lambs. So when we were doing like MC30 came out and all the vinyls, you know, we got the reissued charm bracelet. But one of our fellow lambs directed me to a reasonably priced original pressing of charm bracelet, which I did not have from back in the day. As long as I had was the CD and I didn't even have the cover in it because the cover was signed. So now I have like, I've collected the vinyl, the reissued vinyl, the original vinyl, like I have one of everything, (laughs) even the cassette. Um, I think either Caleb or, Tony pointed me in the direction of it and I was able to get it for about 60, $60. I played it and I don't want to play it again. <laughs> I'd rather pick my, my charm bracelet, the reissued one off the wall and play that one. Cause I don't want to damage the original pressing of it, but it's nice to have something. I, I was very proud to get the original pressing of it and it, made like my collection of charm bracelet stuff complete, which also we want to talk a little bit more about like my most unique item that I have that I don't even think that a certain museum has a copy of.
2: I want to hear What is it? Because I'm a collector.
1: Yeah. And Uh, I don't know of any museum, so I don't know them. The, there was a charm bracelet. It was a replica that was made from, I believe a Japanese company called silver four and they made, 500 replicas of Mariah's charm bracelet. I have one of them that I obtained from someone who is no longer with us. I bought it from them. And when I was having all of my custom framing done, I opened up my charm bracelet tour book, which has my backstage pass, which has all of the uh, autographs of the, of the backup singers. And on the inside page, Where the charm bracelet is, I had the custom framing people line up the charms directly to each one. So it looks like a 3D charm bracelet in the book. And there's only one charm that's different.
2: You're going to have to send us a picture of that.
1: Yeah, I will. And I'll send you I'll send you the picture of me meeting her and a picture of like what she signed, because, you know, when she does her signature, you know, there's the signature M, C or whatever. No, she did an M and drew a heart around it. So she you could tell she was shaking like her hands were shaking, too, because the ink is very like it's looks like she had tremors.
2: <laughs> what color did was the marker? Black.
1: Because it's in her hair. The signature nice. is like the signature piece is in her hair. So you could see it.
2: Nice. I hate seeing those ones with like the green marker and the blue marker. I don't like those.
1: No, someone had a Sharpie somewhere and I was like, give me that Sharpie.
2: I want Mariah to sign my uh, original butterfly. But if I ever go to meet her to sign it, I'm going to bring my own marker because...
0: Yeah, I want her to sign mine in gold metallic.
2: I, I will, I'll take gold metallic too. Or black or Or copper
0: copper
1: metallic or gold
2: yeah because i don't want it all fucked up
1: well me being young and dumb i didn't think to bring my own but i'm glad that somebody had a sharpie that relatively worked
2: all right you guys that wraps up our charm bracelet review thank Thank you you, jenny Jenny, for joining us make sure that you guys follow us on twitter instagram reddit tiktok all the social media platforms that there are out there at the Obsess podcast make sure you rate review and subscribe and we'll see you next time thanks guys
0: bye